degrees. Hit Lindenapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? Area 31, roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion. Over. Roger, area 31. Continue to send at your discretion. Over. Okay, Senator. The traffic is approaching head on, ultra bright, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac, Wanwan, and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce you to the members of the gang. Girls, get ready, sit down, get your mister, your fan your big box of Kleenex, your extra big box of wipes, and a squeegee, because he's here, the very famous Juan Juan. Hey, Mac. How's it going? Glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere, as a matter of fact, but uh, yes. great to be here, as always. It's my live for this show. So really do we. Do. Okay. Uh, now and now for the bad news. No Coco what? tonight. No Coco tonight. Sorry, Mill Skills and Gigi Gills. He's on a secret mission. He will be back next week. Uh, going sideways on the totem pole. Oh, wait a minute, Mac. Mac. Yes. I, I got to stand up and show you what I'm wearing. Oh, wow. A new Rolling Stones t-shirt. That JJ Where did I get that t-shirt? From one of your fans. One yes. Of your anonymous fans. It's awesome. Um, also, uh, going sideways on the totem pole, Switchblade Steve Ward is here with us, national correspondent. What's, what's the sideways nonsense? Anyway? I don't know. I'm yeah. getting letters. I don't care. Oh, brother. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, the great reveal. Here we go. You know, I I'm feeling intelligent tonight. Yeah, you look it too. I don't know why. Yeah, you look like Einstein. <laughs> Switchblade Steve Watt up there. I, in, I uh, kind of feel like Einstein. You know, I think we're going to change that uh, E equals MC squared thing. Yeah. At least change the letters. Yeah, change it around. Yeah. Switch it up a little bit. Maybe even maybe even Cuban. Up there in. Yeah. It looks crazy. like your brain exploded, Michigan. Okay. But it happens frequently. It happens, um, really. Okay. We'll tell you why, but... He's taking this uh, rug thing a little bit too seriously, but he's dressed a little bit like a Andy Warhol takes acid with Einstein. I think that would be the, uh, the result. And he's also wearing a Sasa Man t-shirt. So he's in <laughs> he's in fifth gear already. Let me uh, go further up or over or sideways on the totem pole. Um, our security chief, Willie Club, is with us. Willie. Hey, Mac. How you doing? Hey, gang. Great to be here tonight. Okay. Hey, club. What's looking, going on, man? Looking distinguished now, as usual. A little bit of everything. This is always the big night of the week for me, so I know interesting. It couldn't wait for it to get here this week. Oh, wow. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. What, what kind um, of a life do you have, club? I was going to say. <laughs> you could <laughs> read into that. Sounds like my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask that, too. Sorry, Mac. Particularly when I come in, I have to look at you with uh, your new uh, rugs. His new system. <laughs> system. Here, system. Uh, well, you also, know what? Joining it's from us. Amazon, they, can't, they don't charge too much for rugs. So. Oh, it looks good. <laughs> Fifteen bucks. Looks, the lawn looks good. Don't worry. You uh, overpaid. Joining us. <laughs> oh man. Joining us in the studio tonight is our good friend UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo is here. Al, how you doing? Very good, Mac. Yeah. Hello, folks. Uh, 
Speak right how, into how that. Come, how come I'm being introduced before Raven? I feel uh, well because the it's the beast yeah, first the and the beauty. Oh, beast I was going to say yes, the thorns before okay. the rose. Right, but, exactly. Um, you know, well, I, I was don't worry to... about me. I can be introduced whenever. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, I'm just just saying. You know, <laughs> all right. That voice you hear. That voice you hear is a good friend, a favorite good witch up there in upstate New York, Raven. How are you doing tonight, Raven? Hi, my friends. I'm doing good. Thank hey, you for Raven. having me. I do not see a good bun. To see you. No bun tonight. No bun. No, oh. I got it all just kind of, it's just clipped to the side because um, yeah, the bun just wasn't working. Wow. Boy, and your face looks normal tonight now. You're all through oh, with what your the hell does that mean? surgery there. Oh, right. Oh, she Finally. She had yeah. all surgery. That's true. Uh, wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. Surgery. Everything looks good. We've got requests for pictures of the bun, but we're going to have to take that up later. So tonight, so the whole gang is here, and tonight we're going to be talking to uh, famous Hollywood author Gary Olson will be joining us in a little while talking about Old-time science fiction movies. One of the very first movies was a science fiction movie, believe it or not. And also some of the, um, you know, kind of uh, the good and the bad of, of recent TV shows, science fiction TV shows. He's an expert on that. We'll be talking to him very soon, the big G.O., Gary Oslin. Also joining us later on will be our good friend Paul Dale Roberts, who is a UFO researcher. And he was also uh, the disco king of Sacramento, California, I think. A few, yeah. uh, you know, about 10 years ago, 20 years ago, really he, cool. he danced disco for eight straight days or something. Even when he was yeah. in the men's room, he had to still be moving. <laughs> uh, interesting guy. He also was um, part of some kind of a security unit for the Air Force, I believe, and five photos from satellite photos passed his desk, and he saw some very strange things. So he's going to be telling us about that. Also coming up later on will be a good friend, Ella the Psychic, is going to be joining us. Ella, we haven't around. heard from her in a while. Right, out there in Vegas. And um, I think that's it. Who know what other surprises, um, you know, await us. But that's gonna um, be good. Before we take a break, I just want to say this: this thing uh, Al and I saw today in the news, and uh, as we are the military X Files show, this was truly a military X file. The uh, Army has the U.S. Army has come up with a new weapon called Dark Eagle, which is a very strange kind of name for any kind of weapon systems. Usually, it's you know some kind of odd, boring name. But this thing is a, now get this, this is a missile, a hypersonic, high-explosive missile that can, I think the range is what, 1,500 or 2,000 miles or something? 17 plus, yeah. 1,700 miles, okay? It's hypersonic. It goes Mach 5, Mach 5, okay? So Mach 1 is about 700 miles an hour, so do the math. This is something Mm. that cannot be shot down, can't be shot down by SAM missiles or You can't call it back. Can't call it back. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> hmm, maybe there's a flaw in that. Like in Dr. Strangelove, can you call these things back? <laughs> but the strange thing about that story, and it got into a lot of detail, I think you agree, you know, how this thing works and where they're going to put it. And, and they say right in the story, this can attack China within like a second's yeah. notice. I mean, they, they don't yeah, they don't make any deep. bones about who it's going to be yeah. aimed at. They say deep in China. Deep not, in not China, in. <laughs> Yep. Going five miles. I mean, I don't know what that is. That's about a mile. Uh, what is Mach 5 uh, in a minute? I think you can go two miles a minute? Two miles a second? No, That's I don't know. We'll have to do the math. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like one of these weapons that, as of right now, there's no defense against it. So hang on, China. If you have any stocks in China, club, might be time to sell off. <laughs> yeah, I just put the order through. Oh, did you? Okay, good. Good thing. <laughs> So listen, why don't we do this? I just ordered some General Chow's chicken. You may be hungry. Well, okay. I think they'll probably arrive before we decimate China. They'll run out of that. You'll be okay. Um, So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a – that's the show tonight. Why don't we take a quick break now? It's over already? Uh, No, just the first segment there, Lonnie. Okay, this is the foreplay. 
Uh, why don't we take a quick break now, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Mahoney's Milton Trackstar Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hats, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Let me introduce you once again to the gang. The very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Macaroni. How's no, it going? No, uh, now you're making me hungry. Mac and cheese. Um, no, um, CC tonight. He's on a secret mission. Uh, Switchblade Steve Ward is up there in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan, the Bull of Lake. Switchy. Great to be here. Okay. Uh, also, our security chief is here, Willie Club. Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Also hey. great to be here. Uh, UFO, uh, good friend UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo is here. Good evening, Mac. Good evening, all. And we have two beauties among the beasts tonight. Our good friend Ella the Psychic out there in Vegas, our favorite redhead west of the Mississippi. Ella, how are you doing? Good, Mac. So nice to be here again. Okay. Thank you so Hi, much. Ella. Can you, uh, good to see you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> will you be able to take the pulse of the show as we go on? Tell us whether it's a good vibe, bad vibe, middle vibe? Yes, I will. Okay, thank you. Yes. And I should tell our fans that she is splayed on her. Oh, not splayed. I'm sorry. She's she's laying on her rose-covered, rose-petal bed. I'm sorry. I like that video. But I have new lights. You have, Can you see them? Yeah, let's see them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. very nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, oh. Hey, that, that's wow. kind of sexy. I like that. Sexy is the word, I guess. Yeah. Nice uh, touch. The word we were looking for. Also, our good friend Raven up there in upstate New York joining us. Good witch. How are you doing tonight, Raven? Bunless tonight, bunless. No bun. No bun. Hi, friends. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm four mimosas in right now, so it's going to be interesting. Mimosas? I don't think I've ever had a mimosa. Yeah, mimosas? I opened the bottle, so now it's like I can't save it. Right, that's know? right. Right? And you can't, you can't <laughs> waste it. Can't so. waste it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Okay, so the whole gang is here, and uh, as it turns out, We've uh, we've got our uh, fan mail. We're going to be reading our female fan mail off in a in a few seconds, uh, but um, I happened to be on Coast to Coast Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie last Thursday. Um, nice grab. Three Coast to Coast. Three, Good job. Three in the morning till five in the morning, and uh, my hats off to Raven who kind of helped make the connection. But. Um, the interesting thing was there were a couple of interesting things. First of all, it's a, it's a really good show. I like George. I know some people, you know, aren't big fans of his, but I like him. He's from Massachusetts, so we have that kind of tie. 
Um, but what they do in that show is they ask you to send in 15 questions, and then they'll ask you the questions. So it's easy, you know. I've been on uh, twice before. So we sent them in 15 questions. They were mostly about the um, U.S. government's report on UFOs that came out June 25th. They really didn't say anything. But I was prepared, you know, to um, answer those questions. Well, 30 seconds before we go on, the producer comes on and says, Hey, listen, uh, George isn't going to want to talk about UFOs completely tonight. So, you know, just go with the flow. Follow his lead, okay? So now for two hours, i got to follow his lead, right? <laughs> and he's asking me everything. He asked me if I believe in the afterlife. He asked me to explain the Big Bang, the Big Bang, okay, like I know, okay? <laughs> and it was really all over the map. But the interesting thing was that, um, uh, that they reached so many people that as I'm on the show, I'm getting emails. I'm getting emails, okay? And uh, nice. so we're going to read a few of them tonight. So, Club, do you have wow. them? There's one of them we have to kind of uh, really take a deep dive. Yeah, I was, I was, in fact, just reading that again, trying to figure how we'll cover that tonight. But, yeah, I've got uh, some of those emails, if you'd like me to go ahead. Let's go. Yeah, you know, these are cover pretty much uh, following up on our discussions and other shows about, you know, the whole thing with cameos. Yes, cameo. We have to explain cameo. What cameo is is this um, video service where celebrities and kind of celebrities – well, for a fee from 50 bucks to 400 bucks, they will send you like this kind of video message, you know, whether it be happy birthday or good luck or congratulations or, you know, hope you're feeling better. And you pay depending on how high up the food chain these, um, you know, celebrities are. Okay. How the coolness factor is. Right? And there's a coolness factor involved, right? So uh, I guess that explains it. So uh, enough for the, uh, at least reading the fan mail, right, Cliff? All right. Well, the first one is uh, Dear Warney. Ooh. Mm -mm. Listen, man. You gotta really corner the market with cameo. I don't recommend the fence climbers. Maybe just get yourself a tight Siegfried and Roy type outfit. Okay. Get some pyro going. Yeah. Hit record. Then take a leak from the roof of your house into the gutter. <laughs> Root it to flow right down into the driveway. <laughs> Fee should be no less than sixty-five dollars. Sixty-five bucks. Wow. <laughs> And that's uh, I like the leak part Mike. of it. I don't know about the outfit. He likes the leak part. Okay. I'm okay with the leak part. I love that, that they really chose sixty-five dollars. Six, sixty-five bucks. Okay. Like, sixty-five. They they did their research and on wait a the, all of those steps. Maybe I'm not getting something. What's the number? What's the sixty-five got to do with it? That's that you would charge sixty-five dollars if you went up on your roof. I get, that's I get you it. Urinated. Okay. I get and the do I know like, dollars, but maybe sixty-five means something that I don't know what that means. For family, okay. you don't want to charge him 60 Oh, okay. for family. Okay. Family and friends. That's a nice thought. Okay, so there you go. The uh, family has rolled in for one. What's the I next like one it. there? Club Clubby. Well, we got one here now again for Juan Juan. Oh, my goodness. If you agreed to do tasteful nudity on Cameo, I'm sure a lot of the ladies will pay to get a shadowed glimpse of your top secret Torpedo technology. Best regards, anonymous but cute. Clearly, our secret torpedo. There you go, Can you read can you between the lines? This is submarine warfare, and Switchy would get this. My shaft maybe only has one or two screws. Come on, let's. We'll see. I got to cut out enough of this. Wow, that's an underwater joke. Okay, we all got it though. Under something. Under something, Ellison. <laughs> Sorry, you can bleep that out. Secret technology, torpedo technology. Okay, in the shadows. Okay, <laughs> why don't we move on, Club, quickly? Well, we got one here, for Raven. Uh oh. From Big Bun fan. 
Big Bun fan. Ooh, yes. Yeah, and he says, Dear gang, it's simple arithmetic. Raven plus cameo equals five hundred dollars. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. Better than wow. sixty-five. Okay, that's four hundred. Calm one. down, okay? Yeah. Like maybe five hundred pennies. No, no. I would no. Hey, hey, sign, Don't undersell yourself. He likes big buns and he cannot lie. There you go. That's what five hundred bucks. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk about that at the post-show meeting. Uh, okay, club. What's the next one? All right, well, as the security chief, I, I have to read this one very carefully, obviously. But this goes back to your coast-to-coast uh, -coast appearance the other night. Yes. And it's addressed to Dear Mac, uh -uh. you are a fiction writer, and we are supposed to believe you. Uh-uh, see. Don't know. Good point. In the hush you wrote in on. In the hush you wrote in on. Wow. Okay. Give me a job. Now, wait a minute. Oh, okay. wait a minute. <laughs> Sign confused listener. <laughs> okay, he's angry. Say best regards. Okay, listen. Why don't we take? Why don't we just kind of analyze this a little bit? Okay. Now he wants wow. me to have. He does uh, that for fingerprints? I think somebody's had a hand yeah. in that one. He wants me to have uh, sex with a horse, and then. I guess. Yeah, and then he wants to be oral <clears throat> pleasured, as it turns out. Okay, well. That's a very confusing one. It really, yeah. Well, he you know, did say he was confused. Maybe he watched that uh, the news thing about that kid with the horse there in uh, southern Massachusetts. Oh, <laughs> okay. <We might. laughs> I was in I the news. I don't want to go there. That was in the news, it right? It was in the news. Out here, a local kid was caught having sex with a horse on security no. camera, as it turns Stop. out. Yeah, no, really. Really, yeah. yeah. Seriously. Too. Oh, I, I heard it. God. I didn't read it. Yeah. I'm going to straight up bump. Well, he was yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. 18 years what? old. Yep. <sighs> Gave the husk some champagne. Oh. It was really well. No, he, he asked her yeah, if she he minded. Used to live on a sheep farm. Okay. Well, he asked the horse oh, if she minded, Lord. and she said nay. Nay, yes. Nay. Yeah. Okay, so they actually checked out the husk at a husk hospital later on just to make sure everything was okay. But apparently, they said the husk was eating and probably didn't know what was going on. As well, well, he, he put a feedback on her. To oh, he put it busy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's and, the secret. Uh, Where did that happen? It's right in the suburb of Boston, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, I guess I would be going there. <laughs> yeah, no. Like uh, no. Stowe or Weston or no, one of those suburbs? No, it was in Alston. Um, oh, yeah, right. Alston. He was from Alston, right. Yeah, I don't remember exactly the exact so location. So when I go to Salem, I'm just going to zip right past well, that place. Well, they, but <laughs> right? the, what they don't tell you is the Huss won the next day, 10 to 1. That's Suffolk down, so maybe there's something in them. <laughs> well, you know, they, they also said they performed a... They, kid on the horse and they got viable dna how about that so okay. they they know who he was before he yeah. he turns himself in but yeah well, well, either that or you escape to alaska somewhere or something <laughs> but anyway hey listen love is all around right <laughs> so uh okay there's our fan mail okay we got that out of the way so why don't we do this uh why don't we take another quick quick break those are all the those are all the fan letters right club i hope well those are the ones that we wanted to cover tonight because of the cameo but as we oh, okay. know you get so much fan mail in here and stuff. Mm -hmm. but okay, so, so we, cho were, we uh, chose to read the ones having to do with uh, bestiality and, uh, you know, oral sex. And insults. Yes. Okay, and insults. Okay, good. Nice. Good start to the show. So, look, why don't we take yet another commercial break now when we'll, uh, when we'll be back. Our good friend Gary Olson, very famous Hollywood writer, will be with us talking about old science fiction movies and not-so-old science fiction TV shows. You're listening to Mac Mulley's Milter XL Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Lifestyle Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, very quickly, let me introduce the members of the gang. I've done it three times already. JJ is here. Wani is here. Hello, Mac. Switch is here. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. Our uh, security chief, Willie Club, is here. On board. Okay. Uh, good friend, Ella the Psychic. Wait, on board or bored? Hey, listen, on board. On. I'm never bored. Come on. Meow. A <laughs> uh, good friend, Ella. Um, Psychic from Vegas is with us. Ella, how you doing? Good evening. Okay, on your nice rose colored, your rose petaled bed. I don't know why I keep bringing <laughs> that up, but uh, also our uh, Alvinaldo, UFO mechanic, is here. Good evening, folks. And also Raven, the good witch, is here. Four mimosas into the show. Four mimosas. What is a mimosa? Is that orange juice can. and champagne? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Champagne is not Whoa. my drink. I'm not. I'm not a big champagne guy. Only at weddings, really, for me. Yeah. Some Asti. I, I only like it if it's in a sweet. mimosa. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just kind of has a kind of weird taste to it to me. But it's anyway. vitamin C. It's vitamin C. It's, it's a good vitamin C, C too, oh, yeah. No wonder yeah. I didn't recognize it's it. Good. Also with us is very famous uh, Hollywood author Gary Olson down there in, uh, down south somewhere, south of Mason-Dixon line. Are you there, Gio? Yes, thanks for having me. It's such a humbling experience. Uh, whenever I'm on the show, I just cannot believe that the... Uh, a little guy like me from Fredericksburg, Virginia, oh is God. in a national broadcast. So thanks for having me. Okay. All right. That was a long journey. Thank it you. is amazing. Yeah. Listen. Okay. It shows you that anybody can be a star in this business. There you go. If you just no matter dream. where you're from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Follow your dreams. So, any, yep. Gary, you're a famous uh, Hollywood author. Uh, what's the name of your book, your best-selling book? Uh, yes. It's uh, called The 15 Geniuses Behind the Lens, How the Greatest Film Directors Shape the Movies We See Today. Uh-huh. You can buy it on Amazon.com. And I encourage everybody, every listener, to go out and buy one. Okay. Yes. Say the name one more time, please. The 15 Geniuses Behind the Lens. And it's about the top 15 film directors in the history of cinema. Uh-huh. Now, Quentin Tarantino is not on that list, correct? <laughs> he's not on the list. No, he's the ultimate copycat. So oh. this, these are the original uh, <laughs> film apports, as they would say in France. Yes. The, the originals. Yes. Is Spielberg on that list? He is. Oh. He's a concluding chapter. He should have made it 14 instead of 15. <laughs> Ouch. He's a hack. He did that really good documentary. On oh, one. Oh, you know, it's the same old <laughs> thing. You know, same old thing, same old thing. Um, but anyway, you hate everybody, Mac. No, I don't. I don't hate him. How do you, Mama? He's a he's. A, we can't get into another Spielberg thing tonight. Believe me, we've no, done not, it not, not before. He's a hack, and it you know, he's a lucky guy. Anyway, Quentin Tarantino's a loser, and yeah, right. I, I was in a, I was in Montezuma, and my son dropped, uh, dove off the Jaws Bridge, uh-huh. which was one of the most exciting things this year that happened to me. Been there, yeah. You dove off, or your son did. No, my son did. Yeah, you're I, too I old to be doing that. I was too scared that there were going to be sharks in the water. <laughs> All right. But there have been sharks in the water. There's a lot there. of sharks it's around here. Yeah, yeah, as it turns yeah. out, down the cave, there's a lot of great white yeah. sharks or so, you know, eating all those seals. You know, I would not go in the water down no, there. No, no. no. I mean, it's getting really bad. Right, right, they say we, we're worse now than South Africa With as sharks, far yeah. as sharks. Yeah. Jesus. Well, the cow. Okay, another reason not to go to the beach. Anyway, so... Uh, Gary, let's go accept some of course. Uh, Gary, so you uh, have, um, tonight we're going to talk about three very early science fiction movies, right? Yeah, very, very early. I mean, you you would have to be 130 years old oh. to uh, see the premiere of these um, movies. Oh, really? Good thing Coco wasn't here. Oh, that's, I shouldn't <laughs> talk about it. 129, I just 129. 
Uh, so what's the first one, please? Well, they are uh, uh, trips to either the moon or another red planet in the solar system. And, of course, the first one that I would like to just briefly talk about, everybody's seen it, is the 1902 George Millet's A Trip to the Moon. That's a, if everybody's got an image of the space capsule approaching yeah. the moon, uh -huh. and then all of a sudden the face of the moon comes up, and lo and behold, the space capsule just hits the moon pie. Like a big pizza face. pie. Yeah. And uh, so that, that came from... Uh, the 1902 a trip to the moon mm -hmm. was uh, it the first movie was that one of the first movies ever made that was the first science fiction short movie it was uh, about 15 minutes long it was pretty ambitious back in that time mm -hmm. what i uh find fascinating of course that was before what liquid uh, gas i guess uh, to uh, to power up a rocket so the early movies showed that the rocket's would be propelled to outer space via a cannon and that's what happens cool. here. Oh, wow. A cannon. That's a big freaking cannon, man. Isn't that how Jules Verne launched his uh, from the Earth to the Moon in the, in the novel? Yes, it is. And that's how they got the idea from the movie. A yep. big cannon. Cool. You know, they had a, um, not that this has anything to do with it, but they had a Navy ship around the, the Spanish-American War, and, it, and it, was, it was run by dynamite. They actually used to shoot dynamite out of a cannon. Wow. Yeah, they used it during the, uh, you know, the battles in Cuba or whatever. But what they found out is that a lot of times the dynamite would blow the gun up first, you know, okay, as you're throwing dynamite. And it sounded like a good idea. It didn't quite work out. So anyway, I just okay. Want, I, just, I do want to mention one thing. Go. That the movie was based also on an 1834, I believe. I could be off by a couple of years. A New York World newspaper uh, hoax. It was originally published as a real story yes. of these astronauts that went to the moon and were confronted by uh, moon people moon. living in caves underneath the, the surface. Huh. And uh, so, yeah, they, George Millais had based the entire movie on a, on a uh, hoax that uh, after several editions, which, by the way, the newspaper flew off the shelf, yep. uh, the publisher finally admitted that no, nobody went up to the moon and nobody saw her. Uh, space aliens on the moon. So. Mm, okay. Huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fake news. Oh, that is cool. 1902. So, okay, what was the next one there? Well, next. the uh, the last two I wanted to talk about was a trip to Mars. Both of them were called the trip to Mars. Somehow we have a fascination about going to Mars. I don't know why we don't colonize the moon first, but we just kind of, a lot of people want to hop uh, skip the moon thing and just go right to Mars, even though it looks to me like it's Southwest America. I, I, I don't know what's so attractive about going to Mars. But anyways, it was a 1910 movie made by the Thomas Edison Company, uh, filmed in West Orange, uh, New Jersey. And they had a novel idea. Instead of using a capsule being catapulted by a cannon, the scientist, or actually this chemist, said that he found two uh, chemicals that if you combine it together, it will propel you into outer space. Mm. So that's what happened. He accidentally uh, spilled the two chemicals on him, and before you know it, he was propelled past the moon into Mars. Wow, was one of the chemicals LSD by any reason? You know, it, maybe, when I was maybe looking, he just thought he went there. six-minute film, but when I was looking, I felt like okay. I was taking LSD. There was actually a, uh, if you remember in, 19, in the World War II, they had, the Germans had these rocket planes towards the end of the war, ME... 262s. Yeah, 262s with the jets, ME-400s. They were literally rocket planes, and what they did was the same thing he's talking about. They took, they got two chemicals. One was called T-Stoff, one was called S-Stoff. 
And when you put them together, there was such a chemical reaction that it would create a rocket blast. Wow. But it was so they were so unstable that the rules of uh, any air base that these planes were at, the T stuff had to be stored at one end of the air base and the S stuff had to be stored at the other end of the air base. Because even if just one little molecule of them came together, ba-boom. Okay. I can. Yeah, that was really a kind of desperate wonder weapon. So anyway, wow, that's how they got to They bypassed Moon, went to Mars. That's interesting, Gary. Yeah, and when he went up there, it was not a delightful planet mm -hmm. to see. There were these huge, he first ends up in a huge forest that uh, these trees, uh, like cypress trees and uh, redwood forests uh, Sounds in California. Good. Sounds good. And, but, it, but on the top, it had uh, human heads mm. and arms, and so he had to kind of uh, scatter himself out of there. The special effects are pretty good for 1910. 1910. 1910, yeah, really. Huh. And then, um, and then this big—he starts climbing up this hill, but it ends up being on a face of a huge Martian. I mean, this thing was gigantic. Yes. And uh, the uh, the 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 Martian ends up blowing onto him, Hang and on. I know it sounds crazy, but he turns into a snowball. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's how he gets back to Earth. He somehow gets uh, propelled back to Earth by via the snowball. Wow. So who was the director of this? Who put it together? You said it was a Thomas Edison company. Yeah, it was just an employee. I would I would love to say it was Edwin Porter, the the main uh, director of Thomas Edison's um, uh, studio, but uh, I can't. It was Quentin Edison. Okay. Who was Quentin Anderson? Quentin, oh, Quentin. Oh, yeah. Get it, Quentin. How many people have heard Quentin Anderson? Well, it sounds like uh, something that QT would put on the end of his movie. Let's go to Mars. How are we going to get back? Uh, let's just say it's a big snowball. All right. Let's, ten, let's spend 10 seconds on that part of the script. Okay. That's interesting. What's the third one there? G.O. Yeah, the, thir the third one, it's also called A Trip, trip to Mars, made in 1918. Uh -huh. If you're a history buff, that was the last uh, year of uh, World War One. Yes. Uh, it's a Danish film. Uh oh. And uh, it is uh, written and I believe directed by probably a distant cousin of mine, Ole Olson. Ole Olson, okay, yeah, yep. Ole Olson. Okay, and uh, it is the first science fiction feature film. A feature film has to be 45, 50 minutes or longer. Okay, and it's clocked in about an hour or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, they didn't use the uh, cannon. They didn't use the chemicals. The astronauts. What they did, they used basically. It looked like a, a gigantic. Uh, airplane bomber, oh, cool. modified all enclosed and all that stuff. Yes, yes. So it had to be enclosed because they they go in a place where there's no oxygen. So they there was a uh, probably about seven eight astronauts that mm -hmm. went went up. Okay. And he had his sights on. I forget the moon, man. It would go go yeah. to the Mars because uh, back then, I mean, they didn't have really high powered telescopes. So Mars, it was thought, would have a uh, quality of life in it where aliens. Right. That live and breathe, are living up there, and you know they saw the uh, the lines on the uh, planet. Yep. They said, "Oh, those are canals." Yeah, yeah canals. Those are water. So. People thought they were canals, right? Yeah. So, hey, they, Gary, uh, where can we access these films? I'd love to see those. YouTube. Really? They're on YouTube. Yeah, they're, they're accessible on YouTube. Yeah. And is there uh, sound to them? Check it out. Uh not really. No, they, it's, it's you know they they would play it in theaters where they would have a piano or organ, but no, they would just turn it down, play the album to go with it. <laughs> Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side yeah, of the Moon. Go. Perfect. There you go. But anyway, so they end up coming there, and there is. It's a pretty high, high uh, production film. Uh -huh. They spent a lot of money on it. Uh, Denmark, again, was just bordering Germany. They were not too far away from the West what was going on. So the underlying message of the movie is there were, were a bunch of beastniks on Mars. Oh. And what I loved about it, there was a lot of 
Festival versions. Yes. That oh. didn't seem to be <laughs> the guys. Right. You know, the ruling. Mm-hmm. The elders in, on the Mars uh, actually told them, taught the astronauts the uh, meaning of peace and love. Wow. And they would uh, send one of their favorite uh, chieftain starters, like Pocahontas did to, uh, to go to England. Go ahead. Uh, back to Earth to be an example of what humanity could be in the midst of all this war, strife, and fighting. Huh. From Mars. Mars. Peace Maybe on that's Mars. why we want to go up to Mars, because I we think want so. to learn something um, new. You yeah, know? there's nothing up there, as it turns out. You know? But um, anyway, I did see a thing the other day where they, they found an asteroid. Did you see this? An asteroid that is worth... Oh, yeah. $2,000 trillion or something? <laughs> yeah, because of the chemical, or the, the makeup of it. Yeah. Right, right. But, but wouldn't it, what, 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 why is it valuable? Is it the gases and... I think it's the, the metal. The, the metal? The, the, yeah. Well, let's say it's platinum, just for the hell of it, okay? All right? If you had $2,000 trillion worth of platinum, wouldn't that reduce the price of, pl- the, the price of platinum to... Sure, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as rare. Negative know. figures, yeah. Could, but uh, it could still be rare if you had it all yourself. You could set the price. See, already Juan Juan's thinking of taking over. Right? Yes. And uh, Raven. Elon Musk will be there uh, knocking on your one door. One of those guys. Raven. Those other guys. And then Jeff Bezos. They'll be lining Jeff. up. They'll be one of those guys. They'll be doing some of this together. Uh oh. What is that? <laughs> We're a radio show, but. <laughs> okay. As it turns out. All right. Well, uh, so those are those three. Um, so you can see those on YouTube. What are the names? What are the titles again there, please, Gary? Okay, the 1902 movie was A Trip to the Moon, Mm -hmm. and the other two, 1910, A Trip to Mars, and 1918, A Trip to Mars. Another trip to Mars. Okay. All right, Brother Danes. Cool. So listen, we also had this list of, um, I don't know why it attracted my attention, but the list of, there's been a lot of science fiction TV shows on TV. There's there's more than you think, especially, I mean, when you really think about it. Sci-fi TV started with Star Trek, right? There was really nothing on that was very all space opera. Twilight Zone sometimes, Out of Limits sometimes. But, Switch, would you agree that that was like the first kind of sci-fi TV show? Well, it, there was Lost in Space came out. That was uh, two years before it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But, huh. but it went it went to camp, you know, very silly after the first, uh, certainly after the first uh, season. Right. So, and, and there were there were other, you know, there were others in the 50s, like those at Tom Corbett, Space Cadet, and uh, Captain Video, but a lot of right. there were a lot Rogers, of uh, yeah. serial Buck stuff. Like, right, uh, it's uh, like a network TV show. In Buck Rogers, right? Yeah. Well, here's some of them. I was surprised at, uh, surprised at some of the titles because I don't remember a lot of these. But you know, Steve Carell from The Office. That <laughs> yes, we love him. Really? Who said that? Raven. You Raven. You like him? Yeah. I love him. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Why? He's a cutie pie. Really? Ella, do you agree? Steve Carell, guy from The Office? Um, I think he's funny, but I'm not attracted to him. Oh, there no. you go. Okay, well, yin and yang. So look. Yeah, he's I, a local I think he's boy. funny, but I'm not attracted to him. Either. Yeah, he's a local guy. He's <laughs> down, he's down <laughs> in Marsh. Who is he, the down in Marshfield club? Does he live uh, down in Marshfield? Somewhere in the South Shore. Or Duxbury sure. or something where all the rich people are. Anyway, he was in a, a series called Space Force. Okay, Space Force. I, I I didn't know it was. Did you, Raven? Did you see it? Have you are you aware of this? Wow. Yeah, I watched. Um, I think I what was. I don't know how they're doing it. Maybe like five episodes as a season. Okay. I might not have gotten through the whole season. Yeah. Um, it's actually a good show. Really? He seems yeah. like an odd guy to be in a science fiction movie, a TV show for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of a weird show. Mm. The way that they lay it out. Um. I don't remember if I actually ever finished it or not. And I don't even know if there's like another season to it, but 
Right. No, it was canceled. It was definitely canceled. Okay. See, that, that sucks, but it's kind of like a, you kind of knew it was going to happen almost. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like there's such a small group of people that enjoy that type of comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, I think it was a good show worth watching. Mr. Raven watched it with me and he enjoyed it. Wow, Mr. Raven. Uh, okay. Mr. No, Raven. Everyone can't have good taste like us. So oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You and Mr. Raven? Here's another one. Me and okay. Mr. Raven. Have you ever, have you ever seen Space Ghost? Ever seen Space Ghost? Sure. Anyone? Space Ghost is one of the funniest friggin' shows on. It's on the- but it used to be a, a Saturday morning cartoon right right yeah. and then they took right. it that's what i remember they the, the people i guess at the cartoon channel or something they took this really hokey kind of really low-grade saturday morning cartoon and they they made him into a talk show host and he interviews pretty big yeah. stars like will you know willie nelson was on and uh, you know just different people <laughs> and when you watch it you you don't understand because um he asked questions of the celebrities yet i don't understand how they knew I don't know how he they could interact with a cartoon character, right. okay? But I remember him sitting behind a desk. Right, like Johnny Carson. Like Johnny Carson. He had like yeah. an Ed McMahon and everything. And it was yeah. just so absurd. It was crazy. It's on like at midnight, you know, when everyone's kind of high or whatever. Funny show. Very funny <laughs> show. You can see the re- you can see those on YouTube, too. They're really, really kind of funny. Gary, did you ever watch that? Yeah, and I, you know what they did? They had actually a guy behind the desk asking the questions. Yep. And then in post, post-production, where they go in the editing, then they, that's where they in superimpose. Oh, they put Space the, Ghost in there. Yeah, it was really clever yeah. the way they did it. Really interesting, but just bizarre. Just really. Gary you know. Owens was in it. He was a narrator in oh, that Yeah, show. he was in it, Whoa. that announcer. Yeah. Gary Owens Gary and Gary Owens, like Olson? A, yes. The guy with the, <laughs> yeah, no relation. No relation. Oh, that yeah. is kismet huh? energy. I know. Okay. And uh, the director is Joseph Barbera, you know, Huckleberry Hound and those cartoons. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Hanna Barbera? Hanna Barbera. Those cartoons? Huh. Well, uh, was yes, yes. Yep. Joseph Barbera. We're not. There was no yeah. Hannah involved in this one. Okay. His buddy I there. It was. I thought it was a co-produced. I'll take a. Uh, uh, it doesn't look like it. I think maybe they joined like later. You know what? Maybe it is. Right. Maybe they are co-produced. Yep. I, I actually now. How about this for a little uh, name dropping? I actually met the guy who invented. Tennessee Tuxedo. Remember that Saturday yeah. morning yeah. show? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. His buddy Chumley. Yeah. yeah. And they go find Mr. Answer Man to find the answers. And he also, he and his partner also uh, invented Underdog. Okay. Underdog oh, wow. cartoon, right? So. When Sweet Polly's in trouble. When the under, they had an Underdog movie came out and, and you know, for some reason, you know, this guy and I, we had lunch together, he, I, and Lois. And he told us that the way, and I hate to say, he's passed on at this point, but. He was fabulously wealthy, okay? I mean, he was really, really doing well for himself. And this is what his work day was like. One afternoon a month, he would fly his plane to Hartford, Connecticut, okay, private plane. His partner would fly up from New York City. They'd rent a, you know, like some kind of a room in a Holiday Inn or whatever, you know, like a conference room. And they'd bang out like 10 scripts, and that would be it. And then see you in a month, okay? Wow. And it worked one day a month. It, it was just like this, you know, just fell into this thing. He's writing about underdog in Tennessee Tuxedo, but, you know, he's probably making a cool million a year at least in the nice. 60s. Easily. Not bad. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. So, who, uh, okay. who was uh, underdog's arch nemesis? Hmm. It was Simon Barcinis. Yes, oh, Simon, Simon Barcinis. I do remember. <laughs> oh, okay. You were paying attention. Okay. Uh, were they smoking dope during these sessions? He didn't say that. He was flying his airplane, so he was high no matter what. Um, 
<laughs> now, here's one of my favorite, Doctor Who. Doctor Who to me, man. I've been I've been watching Doctor Who on and off since like the '60s. That was like that's one of the best shows, but it's British and it's a it's very odd to the American sensibilities. Yeah. They get really yeah. into the stories and the characters and stuff, but came up with some really interesting things. I haven't seen the latest ones, but I watched the ones in the repeats from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. I always enjoyed Doctor Who. Did you, Steve, uh, Switch, are you a Doctor Who fan? Yeah, off and on. I, I actually, when, when I was in in, uh, in Europe in 73, visiting relatives, sponging our relatives, I, I was watching the third Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, was running at the time. And the uh, at the time, the... Uh, you know, the production and the lighting looked kind of like a soap opera. Yep, you know, sure. when you were in yep. indoor sets. Yep. And when you're outdoors, you could tell the lighting was kind of different. Yep. But uh, they were they were a lot of fun. Yeah, and they're really good. I remember the name of the guy that did the uh, the third Doctor Who, but he was a bit of an older gentleman, had kind of a, almost like a gray afro, not quite, mm-hmm. but very very dashing and uh, very energetic. It was it was a lot of fun. Sounds like club, except the afro. Yeah, you know that show. It's my wife's favorite uh, sci-fi. Is it? Yeah, she's been watching yeah. that for twenty-something years. Yeah, yeah, me too. She can tell you every episode, every uh, star, and it's coming on again. I think they're going to bring a new lead in there now. There's a woman yeah. that's been on there for a few years. Yeah, they change the lead every. You know, he goes through yeah, uh, some like kind every of a, five years yeah. or something. Yeah, they change. I don't know what the reason is for that, but uh, but they always seem to do well. Yep. Uh, no matter who goes in on that on that show. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So. I always thought they changed it because of like contracts. Um, like people tried to break their contracts, and then rather than basically suing them into like getting them to continue their contract, they right. decided like we'll just get a new person. Well, that's probably that how it started. It. But there's been. Well, a- was, but some, sometimes they were just done with the with the uh, with that character. You know the part. Right. And right. that, that yeah. way, what they, they they have an explanation as to why the time lord changes. Right. Uh, yeah. So forth. Yeah. I, I think it has something to do with his diet, but that's just my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. He ain't eating Denny's every day. <laughs> oh wow. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, so uh, this is a couple more. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. There were two of them. Oh yeah. Okay. The second one was really award-winning. You know, people really loved that show. I didn't really watch it, but uh, the second mm-hmm. version of Battlestar Galactica was really highly rated. But it was only on for like four or five years. Um, and we'll end on this one. Uh, who's a fan of mystery science? Mystery science oh. theater. Yes. yes. You know what that is, Ella? And do you I know met, what that is? I met Joel Hodgson. Oh, okay. Hodgson Let's explain yeah. what it is. Funny as hell. This is what it, it's. It's a great um, concept. Okay. What they? I mean, the, the concept is this guy's lost in space. He has these two wise guy robots with him. He's um, drifting in Crow space. Crow and Tom Servo. And and to pass the time, they watch old, mostly science fiction movies, and they comment on them during the movies. And it, it is it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Oh, you know? Mac, it's just like it's it's it it relates because everybody does this. Mm-hmm. Everybody is that little shadow, that silhouette in front of the screen, right. making snide remarks about the movie. Right. Exactly. Right. right. Yep. And the, the best line That's I can remember from movies. it is. Um, uh, there's uh, there's a movie called The Giant Mantis, okay, and it's a praying mantis that's giant and it's wrecking cities and everything. And the hero is an Air Force officer, and the heroine is a female scientist. And they're out looking for the mantis one night, and they happen to be it happened to wind up in a lover's lane kind of parking. And she says something, and one of the robots says, uh, "I got a mantis in my pantus." <laughs> 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 That's it's the kind of humor it's fine. Yeah. I used to watch that when I was like eight. And yeah. then wow. I rewatched it because they re- they re-released it mm-hmm. on Netflix. They did like a whole new season and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. We yeah. were watching like the original two. Yep. And yep. I'm like, so my parents threw a fit if I tried to watch a Disney movie 
but I was allowed to watch this, this yes. Beavis and Butthead, and that was fine. Oh, I love Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Stay oh, away so from good. those Disney movies. Yep. One of my favorites, if I could, uh, is, uh, I don't know if you recall The teepee it. in my bunhole. Uh, <laughs> Flesh Gordon. Do you remember Flesh Gordon? Flesh, no. yes. oh, I saw was, it in the theater. Wow. Yeah, that was a big hit. Uh, the only one. They were going to have a sequel, but it never made it. But. Uh, oh, wow. I don't think it, it exactly did, you, did well you think the sequel in theaters. What would be more Flesh Gordon? Yeah, there was supposed to be a sequel, but I keep waiting. Flesh Gordon goes to Japan. I, I think Disney was going to make the sequel. No, come on. Maybe that's why it didn't that's sell. It, right. Club, club at Peter Dow. Oh, come on. Okay, now, 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 now. Really. Ella's here. I'm just All right, listen, just two more things. We're going to go to a break. Ella, can you please, you're a psychic, can you please give us the vibe of the show already? We're like 25 minutes into this. That's awesome. Everybody's got energy and mm-hmm. they're excited and having a great time. Okay, that's good. So we're, we're, off, good. we're off to a good start, apparently. Okay, so we're feeling good about each other. Not I that, love it, Ella. Thank you. Not that. Not the not the job, not the hash the buzz, but uh, it's time for that part of the show where most people listen to the highest skew. Switchy, the world wants to know what did you have for breakfast this morning. Now, first, before you say it, you're you're on a uh, you're on a roll with beef steaks and and big omelets and you know Fred Flintstone steaks and stuff for breakfast. So, <laughs> is it disappointing or another home run? Is a Fred Flintstone steak like a Brontosaurus steak? Yes. Okay. I I didn't have that, but I will not disappoint from what I had this morning. Go. I went to Denny's Diner. Yes. And uh, Vanessa waited on me. Yes. Yes, I had black coffee. Sounds great. Tell us about Vanessa. Orange juice. Orange juice. Good for the health. White toast. White toast. Hash browns. Of course. And a Philly cheesesteak omelet oh, oh wow mm. minus the mushroom wow holy cow yeah that mushrooms sounds good. are gross those are like <laughs> I had, to, had to cut down on some calories so I <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, get rid of the vegetables that will do it <laughs> yes wow a philly cheesesteak omelet oh my yeah. goodness and uh that was uh, i was i was uh Stuffed. late late this morning i was hungry so that really tasted good wow. okay all right now for the important part how much was it about about 16 16 bucks and how much did you leave for a tip get ready folks uh, eight Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Why? You left ten last week. I, I'm not made of money, Mac. Yes, you are. Fifty percent. That's good. Two bucks. I'm pretty generous, you know. Did you buy some twinkies? Heaven for guys like me that tip fifty percent. Okay. All right. I don't think that's that bad. No, well, maybe but not heaven, but maybe I'll get out of purgatory quicker. Okay, there you go. Yes. Yeah, didn't, yeah, the, didn't the Pope say there's no more purgatory limbo or hell? Didn't he say no, that? No, oh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he? Yeah. Well, yeah, you got it's gone. A or B. There's no there's no middle ground anymore. Well then what there's we no what have we been I love be, the rules just changed. Yeah, really. Why have been why have I been being good all these years for nothing? Yeah. I want to know it. why what about my, limbo my though? Mother, babies go there if they're not baptized and something happens to them, right? Yeah. I think right. my mother prayed for my dad. You're plugged in on that, right? Forever. Okay, go ahead. Al Ronaldo. My mother prayed for my dad. Yes. My dad died when he was 50 years old. Okay. So my mother prayed for him every day. She went to church every day and prayed to get my dad out of purgatory. Now, number one, I don't know what my dad did that. bad enough. Why did she think he was there? Well, that's it. I don't know <laughs> what he did to get him there. Yes. And number two, if it didn't exist anyway, why? What's the point? Well, I'm hoping those prayers now come Fall to me. to you. Yeah. yeah. Trickle down to you. Now, I was I an altar boy. Transferable, I don't know. I was... <laughs> But see, I was an altar boy yes. back when I was a kid. I was an unmolested to light the one. Too, oh, hang on. So, you don't know that. Go well, ahead. So I was oh, uh, an, an unmolested 
altar boy. Go ahead. So I figure I served my time. Yes. And I should get a one-way ticket. I should be gold. When I go, I should go. Oh, okay. You, know, yeah, you should have that and then anything your dad didn't use to redeem right. well, yeah. to go but to get in heaven. I think my service as an altar boy should count. Yes. You know, because back when I was an altar boy, we had to say the, the damn mass me in too. Latin. Oh, me God. Too. My parents made me do that. Me too. That, Equi- you, know you, know what God's, uh, too. you know what God's phone number is? Equum Spirit 220. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. Okay, Switchy, hey, sounds good. I was going to say something about limbo. No, lim- limbo. Well, no, I, I definitely believe in uh, in limbo. Really? I, my, yeah. I had, uh, I, my twin brother died at uh, four weeks, and oh. we were always taught that he was in limbo the, right. the, my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Whenever that mm-hmm. came up for some reason. Oh, he's in limbo. He's yeah. all right. Yep. Oh, I, I, I still believe. Well, okay, I hope you're right. But the thing about limbo is that you can have uh, parishioners, if you will, uh, intercede in your prayers of intercession or you're praying on behalf of uh, somebody. Right. Yes. Or if you don't think you had what it takes to uh, do a prayer there. of intercession, you gave somebody else a, like a prayer note and said, can you pray for right. you know, my, my so, son? Or do something. you pay them to do this? Is it, are they professional? Uh... It's the Catholic Church, not the ministry. Anyway. I have a customer yeah. in Byfield that they do that all the time at, at Adlinrood. Uh, for you? In Byfield, yeah. For they, you? They're praying the for you? The whole organization is... Uh, does that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. They'd pray for me if I asked them to. Okay. All right. Well, you want to start asking them. How about praying this for the show? Right down the road in Byfield. <laughs> Before we go to a break, I'm going to go back to uh, Ella. Ella, are we still enjoying ourselves after all this time? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, okay. Yes. Good, good to know. You know, I, I wanted to bring up a movie. Go ahead, please. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. At oh. the end of that movie, they shoot out of the, the chocolate factory in a spaceship, so it's got a little bit of science. That's true. Oh. That is true. Never saw it. That's a good movie. The Gene Wilder one. Oh, it's the 50th anniversary. That was the best. Yeah, just the 50th anniversary. They technically do, yeah. Huh. Okay. And, Mac, you had mentioned that Lois Lane loved it, so... Well, she is a big fan of the original Willy Wonka, right? She's yeah. not the original, big on the, yes. Yeah. Not big no on the Johnny, Johnny Depp one. Around. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, I like the Johnny Depp one, too, but it wasn't even close to the... Right. I, I like that one, like, original. as its own movie, not yeah. as, like, a remake, because it's not. Yeah, it's right. not a remake. Right, yeah. it's, a, it's a totally yeah, different, you know... Totally weir- different movie. Weirdo script. To the, exactly. Goes with every, every character is, But the like, Gene Wilder weirdo. one is just so great. <laughs> yeah, iconic movie. You should look for it. It's in theaters right now for the 50th anniversary. Is it really? 50 years yeah. ago. It's not in the theater. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Any so theaters listen. that are open? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, we have open theaters here in Las Vegas. Like... Why don't we do That's this? That's true. Why don't Vegas we take, is open for business. Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now and calm down and regroup? And um, we'll be right back after this. Um, you're listening. To, thank you, Gary Olson, for all that information. Good thing you went to film oh, school then, brother. It was a pleasure. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're going to stick thank with you, us, Gary. right? Gary? Are you leaving thank already? You're not leaving, are you? talking to you again. Okay, here we go. He's not leaving. All right, so listen. Why don't we take a commercial <laughs> break now? And we'll be right back after listening. Listen to Mac Money's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Um, let me introduce the remaining gang. Okay, Juan Juan is here. Club is Hello. here. Um, El Renato, UFO yep. mechanic, is here. Switchblade Steve is here. 
Ella the Psychic is here. Raven the Good Witch is here. Is that everyone? And our uh, special guest tonight, Paul Dale Roberts out there. You're out in California, right, PDR? Yes, Sacramento, California. Okay, all right. How are you since the last time we talked to you? I'm doing fine, yeah. Okay. Good. Now you're oh, well, I just recently retired, mm-hmm. so now I have more time for the paranormal. Okay. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Nice. Before we get into that, aren't you married to a model or something? Didn't you tell us that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't let her on the you wouldn't let her on the air with us last time. Right. She, she does. She actually does her own shows, but okay. Here's uh her here's her business card. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, nice. Looks Damn. More like Raven. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I remember Googling her and I was sending out pictures. I said, check this out. Watch it. Watch it. (laughs) So listen, Paul, you're you're famous for two things, Paul. Number one. Besides the supermodel. You were, besides being married to a supermodel. At one time you worked for the, were you in the Air Force when you were doing the satellite photos? No, Army. Army. You were in the Army. Okay. And you saw four or five very interesting photos, but also you were the disco king of Sacramento, right? What year was that? What year was that? I held the title uh, of... I was uh, the third disco king of Sacramento and the sixth disco king of Sacramento and the last one okay. because disco died. Okay. All right. Did you kill it or it went quiet? <laughs> I think I did. Okay. Yeah. So in one of the ones, didn't you dance uh, disco nonstop eight, for like eight days or something? You no, know, eight and a half days. You know, I danced eight and a half days, had the Guinness Book World Records for one month because someone beat me. What? And then... Uh, Wow. Yeah. And then I was Someone a Ripley your eight and a half day. That blows my mind. Yeah, I'm really. sorry. Oh, Continue. Yeah. With a five-minute break on every hour. Right. Yeah. But even when you went to the men's room, you had to still be dancing, correct? Yes, yes. I had witnesses who would actually watch me as I went into the restroom, did what I had to do, but I had to keep my feet moving. That's... Unbelievable. Okay. Well, good probably a lot of spillage there. Was it spillage? Is that the word? <laughs> Thanks for a that. A lot of spillage. Don't wear suede shoes. Don't wear suede shoes there, brother. So, listen, all right, let's go back because you, you have a fascinating story. So, when were you in the Army? Uh, from 73 to 76, from 79 to 86. Okay. So, you went in two times, right? So, uh, yeah. now, now, what put you in the position to see satellite photos? What were you doing for the service? Oh, okay. Well, I was a 97 Bravo uh, with military intelligence, and that's an intelligence analyst with the Photo Interpretation Center in Korea. And my job was, like these photographs would come in from about uh, Red China and North Korea, and these images were taken, well, were analyzed by our image interpreters, and they were taken by our satellites, and they were taken by our reconnaissance aircraft. Okay. And various photos would come in, and they would like a little dot would be like a T seventy two tank. Okay. okay. Sure. Well, those, that's no big deal, but then one day, six photographs came in, and they were of different type of UFOs. You had a cigar shape, you had a globe shape, you had a saucer shape, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And on the back of it, which was made everything really super interesting is in the back of it it said intelligent movement Mm. my job was merely to give it a number and those photos okay were part of a bigger picture those photos represented a video those videos i didn't see Mm. 
the photos, they went to the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, and then went to CIA, and then into a black hole and disappeared. Right. And I don't know what happened. So what year was this? What year was this? That was, well, 79, I went to Fort Huachuca, Arizona, for intelligence school. I would say it happened around about 81. Okay. And, and, and were they five different shapes or five different pictures of the same shape? Uh, there were six photographs. Okay, it was, so. Uh, so you had cigar shape, globe shape. Uh, you had something a little like electrical mass. Okay. You know, so you had different shapes, yeah. And were they taken in orbit or in the atmosphere, or where were they taken? From know? what I could see, it looked like they were taken in outer space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Okay. It, wasn't, it wasn't like a, you know, a daylight blue photo of the sky. Right. It wasn't anything like, like they were that. taken from a satellite or something like that. Oh, yeah, satellite, yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean— well, let's let's talk about the cigar-shaped object for a second. I mean, you hear that? That's the that's actually the most uh, uh, the most spotted UFO shape. People think it's a flying saucer, but people see cigar-shaped objects a lot and and have been for years. So, I mean, was it more than a blur to you? Could you could you see detail in it? Uh, not really. Uh, the photo, in fact, all the photographs. I mean, it wasn't like an expert photographer was taking pictures right. of them. They were somewhat blurry or they were somewhat fuzzy. But you can kind of make out what it is. I mean, looking at the photo, it was a cigar shape. And when I'm looking at it, I go, oh, okay, that's cigar shape. But it was kind of hazy. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a clear shot. You couldn't see windows on the side or anything like that. Right, right. It just, yeah, it was like a blur. But you had seen so many things, you know, during your career doing this. Obviously, these things look different to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, well, you know, we've done a lot of UFO hunts in Mount Chasta, Monterey Bay, um, my wife, she's actually picked up on uh, where UFOs are and taken some great pictures of UFO mm-hmm. activity. So, yeah. So this did, did you have any interest in UFOs before this happened? Um, actually, I, I lived all over California, but when we moved to Monterey, there was a lot of reports of USOs, unidentified mm-hmm. submerged objects coming up at, into the sky yep. and becoming UFOs. So in Monterey, you hear a lot of these stories. That made me really interested in UFOs. And then the book came out, um, uh, Chariot of the Gods. Yep. And when I read that, I was hooked. Eric Von Dynikin, so, right, yeah. yeah. Eric Von exactly. Dynikin was really the first guy to publish books about this whole ancient astronaut theory that the, you know, the Earth was visited many thousands of years ago by people from out of space, and they left some clues around and... You know, he he made he was he was kind of an interesting guy for a number of reasons, but boy, he made some good points that you would find things around the world. You know, I mean, the pyramids are just the beginning of it. You know, just different things that boy, it really looked like there was something other than humans doing these things way back when. You know. Yeah, and I think we're getting really close to uh, disclosure. Do you really? Uh, it seems it seems like the government is putting out a little bit of information with the TikTok uh, UFO. You know, a little information here, a little information there. Yep. And before you know, and then you have all these private organizations trying to get to Mars. Right. And these private 
Elon Musk, I don't think he's going to keep a secret if he finds something on Mars or on the moon. He's going to say, hey, you know, this is what we found. It was a past civilization here. Mm-hmm. Boom. And that disclosure, the government realizes disclosure is coming soon. And it may not just be from the government, but from a private organization. Private. It probably come from a private organization before the government. But let me ask you this now. You I think in, the private organization will get paid by the government to keep, keep quiet. Uh, quiet about it. How are you going to pay a guy who's worth $140 billion? I mean, these guys have uh, hundreds of they, billions they of may have, The government has ways to make you uh, okay. shut up. So, so let me ask you this, though. I mean, you know, along those same lines, all right? Now, you said, and we hear this a lot, that, that, you know, that disclosure is coming, yet the government is kind of letting leaking out baby steps, leaking out little bits of information here and there. Now, I didn't believe that until the past year, you know, past years with the Tic Tac videos and so on, and this report that happened on June 25th, which was all of nine pages, and I think at least two and a half of them were in index, and they really didn't say anything, but they said something, you know, and that's a big step as far as the U.S. military is concerned to come out and say, we don't know what these things are. That's what people have been waiting for years to hear them say, do we know what they are? No, we don't know what they are. And they actually admitted that. The other strange thing, too, is, uh, and I was going to get into this in Close to Close, but they never asked me the question, was um, what was also surprising about the report, and I want to know if you feel the same way, was for the first time ever they brought up air safety. You know, we don't want these things flying around and hitting airliners, hitting our military planes, civilian planes, or whatever. But, and, and, and I mean, that sounds good, and it probably filled up a page and a half of this report. But have you ever heard of a UFO hitting an airplane? I haven't. Have you ever heard of any kind of a media collision with a UFO? I haven't. So it's I, I heard a lot of close encounters. Right. But a national collision? No. Um, but you have, like in Kentucky... That that one Air Force pilot Mantel, yeah, kept on going into a higher altitude to try to Mantel. see what this UFO was. Yeah, right. yeah exactly, right. and then crashed. He crashed, but that so, that could have been that he went he went you know too high. He went beyond the altitude permitted for. He was he was flying a P fifty one Mustang called F fifty ones by that time. But I've never heard of you know as we say any kind of collisions between UFOs and airplanes. So I thought it was interesting that they'd come out with this. Air safety concern, you know, this air safety. I don't know why they'd say that. I mean, those craft, if they are, they've got to be so sophisticated technology-wise mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's no way they, their sensors or whatever would allow them to crash into, right. you know, another object. And I mean, if, they, if they're that, te- which they should be, that technology advanced, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a UFO, though, that crashed into a, a police a vehicle. Um, and left a lot of damage. Really? Yes. Yeah, but they're not in the sky. You know how they? No. They, you got to think they got all kinds of sensors and everything that uh, allow them to avoid any kind of media contact. I mean, that's why I think yes. we've never. But you know what? We're on that subject though, and I'll throw this to Paul. Um, we've talked about this before. We think of these objects as being very, very high on the technology scale. Let's face it. Okay, they can do things that. We can only imagine they do not fly in a way that we know aerodynamically is aerodynamically possible, especially the Tic Tac videos. You know, they, they got something else, you know, really going on there. But here's the question. Why do UFOs have lights then? Well, pregnant pause. Beats the heck out of me. I mean, think about it. Yeah. I mean, why, why do, I they guess do they have toilets? Oh, come on. All right. <laughs> that's, that's the theory the where... Question. 
aliens have been living among us like for for centuries okay. at this point and yep. maybe you know it's just habit they know that we're too simple to figure that out but, so they have the lights on to signal those other their kind that are around that you know oh something's going down we gotta we gotta we gotta call to arms you know but it, it, it's always this thing about ufos they you know, it's this belief that UFOs want to hide from us, that they're secret or whatever. But when you really think about it, they're not. You know, like the Hudson the Hudson Valley sightings from, you know, many years ago where thousands of people saw these huge UFOs going down the Hudson River. You know, in, in you know, they're almost on a schedule. Um, they want, I think, whoever they are, they want us to see them. They want us to be aware of their presence because if not— and if they're so technological advanced, they certainly wouldn't have lights on. But people see them all and, the you time. Know, and there's a lot of things going on, Matt. I mean, um, look at with a missing 411. Yeah. All these different people are vanishing. All, and, and if they do find them, it's weird. I mean, they're found miles away from where they vanished from. And the terrain is just so incredibly crazy that you couldn't walk it they don't have no shoes on somehow their shoes disappeared but yet their feet are intact there's a lot of things going on and uh recently there was a report where it came out of mount chasta mount chasta has been known to have uh lemurians living in the caverns of mount chasta and there was this uh um uh, a situation over Mount Chesta where this little boy was taken away and the little boy describes that as it was his grandmother that took him away. But as he was talking, this wasn't his grandmother. It was something that, that actually morphed to look like his grandmother, took him away, did some medical experiments on him. He was able to describe that and then returned him back on the trail. There's just oh no, <laughs> yeah, there's crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah. it's really and, and the people that come back now, now sometimes people end up dead and they, yeah. they even find them in areas that they've been searching over and over again. He's got certain criteria, certain certain things that happen, in, that uh, certain patterns that follow. But uh, there, there there are times when people come back from whatever they've experienced, and it's like they're befuddled. They can't really explain what happened to them. So it's 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 he's done amazing work, mm -hmm. and there's thousands of cases that are truly bizarre. They're not something where somebody's trying to just disappear out of uh, society or whatever, or somebody's been murdered. These are just he has focused in on stuff that is just has no rational. People vanish. Yeah, they vanish. Yeah, I, I mean it's like literally like they vanish in their tracks. You know, right. there's a new show on TV. I, I saw a commercial. I don't know if it's on Prime or one of them. But it's about people like that coming back after like three years. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't think of the I, name of it. No, it's, it's brand new. I wanted to see what it was like. But it's it's this thing where they, all of a sudden they appear. I think the plane comes in. It's and, a, yeah, it's a plane. Or, or something, the 400 or something? Yeah, I don't remember the name, but I just caught the, the end Google of machine. a, yeah, yeah uh, something Maybe on it. Okay. But it looks looks interesting. But it, it's down in that area of, you know, where they've been and... Uh, what happened to them and they're treated uh, like outcast uh, mm -hmm. according to the way that promo goes but be interesting so paul listen so yeah, and, oh go ahead please oh go ahead 
Oh, well, I'm just saying just a lot of people are, are disappearing from national parks. Right. Yeah. And it seems like the government just, they don't, they don't even pay attention to it. They don't keep proper records for us to do an investigation to find out where these people are going. Mm-hmm. So and when, when David Politis is trying to get through freedom of information on this, he's, he's running to a dead end in so many uh, instances. Wow. It's yeah, that's a very strange. That whole four one one thing is very very strange. You know what the heck is going on there? But Paul, and let me I just tell you, Paul. When I when I read his books, I've got all of them. I will go. We we have the joke about the uh, the what I've had for breakfast. A lot of times I will take his book and I'll be reading it in the daytime, having enjoying my breakfast, surrounded by people, and in the daylight. Hmm. So these things are really seriously so creepy and sometimes so tragic that it's almost like you you have to be surrounded by by some kind of security to, to hope that you're not going to be the good, next one. Good thing club is here. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Paul, and, have you ever gone anywhere, like uh, out in the, uh, just traveling around or gone out in the woods or whatever, and you got this David Politis' research in the back of your mind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. and, and not only that, I have the paranormal hotline. So people call my cell phone, and this one person said that he did, did some hiking at Yosemite National Park. And he got to the uh, one point of the trail, and he said that the atmosphere just kind of changed. And like the sky from blue, it kind of looked reddish. And then he got to a certain point, and he said that the air felt like liquid. And he backed off. He backed off. And then everything turned back to normal again. But he felt like if he continued... He was going to go into like another world or another dimension or something like that. And I was listening to this guy on the phone. And I'm going, wow, that is just so weird. Mm. And then if you look it up, there's a lot of different people that disappear from Yosemite National Park. Yes. Oh, okay. one of the hot spots. Oh, yeah. no. Wow. Yeah, it is really strange. When you, when you read some of those stories, it's like there's no explanation for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There's a few in there um, where someone has just like literally gone around the bend. I mean, their friend is walking behind them, uh, jogging behind them, and all of a sudden they're just gone, you know? Um, and it's weird that it's happening in, you know, on federal land or in, you know, national parks or whatever. Like Paul was saying, sometimes it's, it's young children who disappear. They find, sometimes they find them alive 15 miles away over mm. mountain ranges in, a, in the amount of time that there's just no way they could have traversed that. They couldn't have, have gone uh, across that terrain anyway being right. three or four years old yeah and uh but but paul the ones that really haunt me are the ones where they come back uh adults sometimes and they're just very vague on what happened to them that somebody was chasing them or, or whatever or, or they just their, their memories just don't come together right and that that really creeps me out right yeah yeah it's super yeah. creepy and that club the name of that show is manifest Manifest. i keep check seeing it, out. it and i need to watch it Oh God, it looks so creepy. <laughs> this, I gotta ask Ella something. We're, we're watching it, but there's some. It's kind of it's kind of lamely done, but it's oh. it's it's oh, still grabs you. Oh, the, re- the reviews are in. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ella. I want to. It's a good watch. It doesn't have that Downton Abbey feel to it. <laughs> no, it's. Oh, here we go. Can, Thank God. You can tell it's made for commercial television. That's I think what. That's what I think I, makes it the way it is. But it's still enjoyable. You're captivated by it. You, 
Listen, it's a I'm trash, after okay? Every I only watch made-for-TV you know, shows and movies. That's yeah. all that I do. I don't want to okay? get into that deep stuff. Hey, Yellow, let me ask you a question. Now, you live out in Vegas. You live near Nellis Air Force Base, which is this huge Air Force Base out there. And also, you're about 70 miles from Area 51. A lot of strange stuff is flying around out there. I mean, do you see stuff there that you look in the sky and go, wow, what is that? Um, Every once in a while, yeah. And not too long ago, I saw... Landing at Nellis Air Force Base, um, a plane, I think I mentioned it to you before, that was hovering. And it, it was like hovering above the runway. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't even hardly moving at all. And that really was bizarre. Well, that's where they test so. a lot of stuff out there. The, t- uh, the Nevada Weapons Testing Range is where all these places. Area yeah. 51 is out there. But, you know, if you had talked to Coco and other people I've talked to, I mean, they don't call it Area 52. But there are a number of secret bases out there that we've never heard of. We hear Area 51 all the time. And I see the jets flying around a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So They do a lot of training out yeah. there uh, at Nellis yeah. Air Force Base. It's so strange that Nellis Air Force Base, and um, uh, is this, I actually did a tour of it once. My brother was stationed there. It's it's so big and so complex, it's it's unbelievable. And it's just kind of like the um, threshold of this place called the Nevada Weapons Testing Range, where Area 51 is. Another place called Tonopah, Nevada, is up near um, Reno, um, and there's at least three or four different places out there that are very, very secret. And I heard yeah. lately that Area 51 now, it's, it's, it was always kind of very hard to, to get near it anyway. But there, were, there was a mountain or something that you could go up on the top of the mountain. You could see it way off in the yeah. distance. Yeah. Well, the Air Force bought the mountain. So, you know, <laughs> now, you know now people can't yeah. do that. And, um, I mean, we know that they test secret weapons out there, but... And secret aircraft, but you know what else they're doing? They got a perfect place to do it because you cannot see in there, you know, from right. from the ground level, you know. So, when we went to Area Fifty One, we were able to camp out in the parking lot of the Alien. So that was oh, really the nice. Old, yeah, the little really Alien. Nice yep, allowed us to camp out there. So, and then they nice. took us on a little private tour of a uh, village. It was an abandoned village near Area Fifty One. They didn't have any explanation why it was abandoned, but they said that many of the houses were haunted. So we actually did a ghostly investigation while we were out there. Oh, man, that's cool. Can I say that Paul and I both contributed to one of Timothy Green Beckley's books with many other authors. You look at the image back there, Paul Dale Roberts and Steve Ward, Weird Winged Wonders. (laughs) My chapter was on the Mothman. Paul, did you write something on, was it Bat Squatch or was it... Yeah, I think it was Bat Squatch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, that so image. S- What's Bat? Oh, go ahead, Paul. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. No, it's so sad because Timothy Beckley yes. he passed away. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's a good we're, guy. We're, we're yeah. great old timers. I mean, he goes oh, yeah. way back. He's just one like like Gray Barker and 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 some of the other ones. Yep. Uh, and he and he actually, you know, when you look at his publications, it's hard to tell where Gray Barker left off and Beckley started. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the almost seamless the way the publishing went. I was on their show once, Tim Beckley and Tim Schwartz at a show. And oh, yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Wowee, wow. Two well, hours. Me too. Oh. I was on there too. Yeah. Exploring the Bazaar. Yep. Remember the, the opening with the thunderclap? Yeah, yeah. Time yeah, yeah, to take yeah. back the night. They had a lot of production <laughs> values, a lot of a lot of recorded stuff. It was really pretty funny, those two guys. It's too bad he passed away. So, Paul, let me just get back to your story real quick. So, when you saw these photos, I mean, what did your what did the higher what they what did their, you know the officers say to you? Did they just say just do your job? Did they comment on them or anything like that? Or did you comment to them on them? Yeah, yeah. Anything that you might ask, you have to have a need to know 
and they'll just shake their head and say, Roberts, get out of here. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Don't, okay. don't ask any questions. Just do your job, blah, blah, blah. And, and I had a simple job. Just gave it a number, and then I passed it on to the DIA. Right. So, wow. Yeah. And you had a security clearance, you, obviously. If I could go back in time, though, I would love to have made copies of those photographs. Oh, you'd be, <laughs> then I would have been, be been in trouble, and I would have yeah. been yes. in stockade. But. Yep. Wow. <laughs> So, so what do you think? Would you have been in trouble, or, or would it have been like blackmail? Yeah. <laughs> He'd be in trouble. You gotta think of these. You things. just disappear someday. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're I think I'll go camping in Yosemite. You'd be gone and never heard from again. So, oh, yeah. so, Paul, what do you think they were? I mean, you saw these pictures. I mean, you know, you must have thought about it all these years. What do you think they were? Well, what I know is that after Blue Book closed down, when they closed shop on Blue Book, 67. they were still investigating UFOs. Yes, right. And we're talking about 1981, they're investigating UFOs. And then another photograph came in, and again, somewhat blurry, but on the back of the photo, it said, possible POW Vietnam, 1981. Mm, yes. So that means in 1981... And then later on, there was a newspaper article where it said that special forces, the Green Beret, were saying that POWs were in Vietnam right. uh, later on. You know, well, after the war ended, it was still going on. With see, when they, did, when they did that peace treaty, so-called peace treaty, Kissinger and Nixon, one of the things that you know, they gave up in the negotiating table was you know, they got the return of the pilots and so on, you know, the people who were being kept in the Hanoi Hilton and— those places, you know, mostly shot down pilots. But there were a lot of our soldiers, ground troops, who were also prisoners of, uh, you know, the Viet Cong or the North Vietnamese, and they made no um, no arrangements for them. And so, you know, they are the MIAs. And what happened to those guys, who knows, you know. But I'm not surprised to hear that, you know, someone saw POWs in Vietnam at 1981. You know, they kind of left those guys behind, and that was really pretty bad. Uh, so anyway, so Paul, so what are you doing these days? You're writing and so on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still writing, um, doing paranormal investigation. In fact, this weekend, Friday we're uh, blessed in a home. So this Friday we're doing that, and then next Saturday we're traveling down to Tracy. Um, this lady, she feels like she has a negative entity in her home. Plus, she feels like her home was cursed by another family. Hmm. So um, yeah, so we're gonna bless that home and investigate find out if there's anything there so but yeah i've been very busy um you know we're talking about um uh missing 411 not only is it kind of scary about the national parks and possible ufo abductions but also too the woods are just plain scary and as a paranormal investigator i've done everything from investigating the Ketty murders i don't know if you ever heard them but what? you can google it the but Kenny the Kenny Murgis, yeah, Cabin 28, where what? four family members were killed by unknown people, and one of their friends was killed. Yeah, mm. is it and, that's still unsolved? Yeah, this day, very, right? Yeah, unsolved, yeah. unsolved. Yeah, and yeah, they don't know. And then we investigated Charles Nake and Leonard Lake. Those were the serial killers who had a cabin in the woods. Okay, and these women would just disappear. And they had, when the police raided the place, they had like 300 videotapes of these women being tortured oh, and killed. And, and they just vanished. So not only do you have 
the frightening aspect of UFOs, abducting people, people vanishing and stuff like that. Well, you got those crazy serial killers. Yes. Yosemite, Yosemite National Park, you had Terry Stainer. So mm-hmm. who was that? You no, know, it's it's who, crazy. Who was that? I mean, I, I, I try to stay out too. of the woods. Yeah, who was who, who was Carrie Stainer? Oh, he he was the guy who uh, uh, killed this uh, woman who worked at Yosemite National Park, and he cut off her head and put mm. it on a shelf. Or mm. it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, wow. They they caught That's him crazy. at a while well, he was at some nudist camp. They identified him. The, the FBI came and they arrested him. Wow! Oh my God! During our investigations, right here in Sacramento, well, in Citrus Heights, uh, my wife and I we investigated the Golden State Killer's home. Uh, Joseph oh uh, D'Angelo. God, are you serious? Yeah, yeah well, kind of like on the outside of it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get no evidence or anything like that, but it was just kind of interesting because here, right, like to be that guy. close. To this, yeah. like, absolute sociopath. Exactly. When did that yeah. incident happen? Oh, my. The Golden State Killer, he was yeah. the East Area Rapist. He was the Vis- Visalia the Ransacker. 70s he, to, like, the late yeah. 80s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, all the way from the 70s up to, I don't know, probably early 2000s. Yeah. 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 And, and they caught him a, through genealogy. Yeah, yeah. There's a really good the, book on oh, so they got, it. I'll, they, they I'll email you the details. Is he in yeah, he was the original. Dead. Yeah, he murdered people in Los Angeles. He was the original night stalker, and he was burglarizing homes in Visalia and became the Visalia ransacker. <sighs> then he was raping women in Sacramento. And he was the East Area rapist. Then he started killing and became the Golden State Killer. Yep. So and did he plead insanity or, or not? Um. He's still ongoing. He hasn't. They haven't tried him yet. He's yeah, uh, waiting. Like, he's waiting in prison. He's like, I'm old. Oh, have pity oh, on yeah, me. Yeah. I need a yeah. walker. And it's like, yeah. wow, really? No, you you can rot. You're gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the worst. There's a he's really the good worst, book, yeah. and I'll um, I'll send you a text about it. Um, I'll, sh- I'll right. I have the book. I'll send you a picture. It's a really good book. Um, so this called, is a recent uh, dude, right? Is he in a psych ward or something waiting for... He, uh, he's in jail as far as I know. Yeah he's, in, okay. yeah, he's in prison waiting for trial. Yep. Yeah. And he was just caught in like 2017 from like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. happened in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a long time to be waiting he's for a trial. Disgusting. Yeah, he's disgusting. Okay. He's gross. Wow. Horrible. Well, listen... He must, what? Be in, he must be in solitary confinement. I would think that somebody would have gotten to him by now. Right. I don't know. I hope he gets beat every single day. He's no, the worst. Oh, yes. Yeah. Since, since all the publicity, he is in solitary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He deserves it. Hey, listen, why don't we take a quick break now, okay? And we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltrack Saw Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's Milk Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have going on tonight. Let me very quickly introduce everyone who's here. JJ is here. Uh, Switchblade Steve is here. Uh, Club uh, Security Chief is here. Al Ronaldo, UFO Mechanic, is here. Okay. Um, let's see. And uh, did we invite, did we, and Paul, Dale Roberts is here, our guest. And now the two beauties among the beast. Uh, Ella the Psychic from uh, Las Vegas, our favorite redhead west of the Mississippi, and also Raven, our favorite good witch up there in New York. So the whole gang is here. Um, off here, we were just talking about uh, the Skinwalker Ranch. I'm not a big believer, but convince me. So tell us, Ella, about your experience with Skinwalker Ranch. Well, I've just been doing some research about it, and it sounds pretty authentic from what I've heard. Uh, Ella, have you read the uh hunt for the skinwalker by george knapp and yes. uh yes colin Gallagher. Yes, that's the definitive book right there that's okay. when, when when bigelow set up the nids team the national institute for discovery science they had right. scientists there for several years and they documented uh a couple hundred different paranormal events the problem was they did not repeat themselves they were trying to use the scientific method but they weren't able to do it but they had as you know if you read that if you read that book They've had all kinds of bizarre like things like things what? happen there. Give us right? some examples. Give us some examples, Switchy. Can I give um, you an example? Yes, yes go ahead. Ella, yes. Um, two researchers were on on a ravine, and yes. a, a little light came into view. And one of the researchers got out their um, night vision goggles, and what he could see was a portal, and it was getting bigger and bigger. And this is the scariest part of the book for me. Okay. Because was a preacher and started coming out of the tunnel and some went somewhere on the ranch and but they never found it hmm. but that was like the creepiest part for me of the whole story <laughs> but the, the thing that crawled it, remember yeah it crawled out it was uh one of them had night vision goggles and when yes. you looked at the light without the goggles it just looked like a dim orb or something like that yeah but right. then when they looked at the goggles it actually looked like a tunnel and this thing yes. was using its elbows to climb out mm. and right. this guy okay. swears that when it came out it was kind of massive like a bigfoot but it was hairless, right. and he said it had no face. Mm. And this right. thing walks right. off into the night. Oh, it makes makes me think of the the seed pods and the invasion of the body snatchers oh, yeah. before oh, right. it actually formed. Creepy movie. <laughs> but 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 there's there's the uh, remember the cameras on the uh, the different poles. They had uh, oh, yes. cameras constantly monitoring everything. Then all of a sudden they notice at one time that the lights are out on the cameras, and they find right. out that three of them, and the wires were ripped out, and stopped working. And the other was one camera that was on that was kind of in the area they could see them, but they couldn't see anything. But all it saw was the lights go out simultaneously on the other cameras. Uh -huh. And then you have the, the strange orb phenomenon. They would see a large, well, the uh, Sherman, when he would, uh, before he got the NIDS team there, it'd be winter, and he'd be seeing these kind of orangish things in the sky. And they look kind of like towers in the sky, but you can only see them at certain angles. And then one time, he's looking at this thing and it looked like kind of kind of a hole in it it almost looked like there was a blue sky behind it or through it and then all of a sudden he sees one of these giant black triangles to shoot through it hmm. and uh, just just remember the the, the uh oh, okay the, the animal mutilation the cattle, oh, yes. they, during the daytime they're there the shermans are there there this uh one uh, uh cow has give, given birth to a calf oh. and they're over, just over a rise maybe 100 yards away and and uh their, their dog alerts takes off runs and never comes back they go over there and they see that the 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 mother is disturbed they can tell she's agitated but the calf 
has been mutilated with the rib cages, which have just kind of been completely ripped open. Oh. And the animals, the dogs are alerting. And the next day, this is wintertime. They're there. Kelleher's there and, and some other people and, and Sherman. Who? Right. They're driving around. And remember, they see those those eyes in, in the tree. There's something up in the tree. And there's also something. Yeah. Oh, they, they found. Remember, they found a, one of the cattle that was separated from the others. And it was it was ice. And, and they were having all kinds of cattle either disappear, like their footprints would, would lead up to a certain point, And then they're gone. And then they would have others that would uh, be mutilated. But uh, this particular night, there was something up in the tree, some kind of a, they didn't even know what it was. And there was something like one of the, maybe one of those giant wolves or whatever they were seeing uh -huh. below the tree. And they could see the eyes. Sherman shot it twice. He sure he hit it. He's a crack shot. The, thing the bulletproof dire wolf. Yes. Yeah, that was in the yes. very beginning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Bulletproof but, dire but this wolf. one, the okay. same thing. It, it, what you didn't know what it was, it, 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 but it, it left one footprint, kind of like yeah. a claw print in the snow and nothing else. Okay. And this other oh. creature, whatever it was, didn't leave anything behind. Let me it ask you like this. A, Let me interrupt you for a second. Paul, Paul, you oh, said sorry. you invested in the Skinwalker Ranch. Did you say that off here? Oh, yeah, yes. We actually investigated well, the valley where Skinwalker Ranch is. I brought two investigators. We did our driveway over there to uh, Skinwalker Ranch, the area. And we interviewed some people about Skinwalker Ranch. And one of the stories that we got was the uh, that the original owners saw an RV going up the trail. And the RV took to the sky and became a UFO. Wow. That was one of the stories that we heard. Okay. Another story we heard is that about the portal opening up in the sky and a Bigfoot-type creature uh, coming out of the portal. And one of the scientists that was reciting at Skinwalker Ranch observed that. Wow. And then, of course, you got the story of the bulletproof dire wolf. And the, uh, the Gormans, I believe, it was the, uh, the original owners, but they, they, uh, uh, Paul, they used they they, they uh, changed the name to Gorman. They, they were Shermans. Gor in the book, Shermans. originally they tried to keep it secret, but it didn't. Okay. Didn't keep. Okay. Yeah. And they and they described what they saw as a dire wolf. So something coming back from time, appearing in present time as a dire wolf and going back to wherever it came from. Wow. But when we did our investigation there, it was storming. I mean, it, the rain was just pouring down heavy huh. so we're setting up our little campsite the tents and everything i fell in the mud yeah. uh two of my investigators they fell in the mud uh we heard a screeching noise and i had the recorder on but all you can hear is the pounding of the rain and then there was just one other thing that we saw and it blew me away and i could say it's natural phenomenon we saw ball lightning it was the first time ever I ever saw ball lightning. It was an actual electrical ball coming out of the sky, and when it hit the ground, it exploded. Wow. So we did see that. And then we were supposed to stay there in that valley for about a whole week because not only Skinwalker Ranch is uh, that has paranormal phenomenon, but the whole valley does. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next day, one of the investigators had pneumonia, and we had to head back. So hmm. we only got to stay there one night. Hey, listen, talk about heading back. Hey, JJ has to go. He's going on a secret mission. Let's clap him off, please. Let's... Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. JJ. Uh, 
great show tonight. Right. We'll see I you hate next to leave week. early, but uh, it's fantastic. Okay. You'll be missed. Paul, thank you missed. very much. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Nice. All right. See you yeah, later. I got a bail, and um, we'll talk to you soon. the rest of the show. Can't wait to hear it. Okay. See you. Send you a text for that book. Bye, bye, JJ. Thanks, Raven. See you later. All right. Paul, let me. Can I just? What Sherman thought was an RV. He was he was he was mad because he thought people were trespassing on his property. And so he's with, I think, his nephew. And they're, they're, they're following this and they're thinking, we got this SOB. He can't get over the fence line. Then all of a sudden the light moves over the fence line slowly and then moves away. OK. And listen, <laughs> and in, the, in the few minutes we have left, and can I be the guy at the potty? Now, listen, OK, I've, 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 I've heard a lot about the Skinwalker Ranch. I've heard about all the crazy stuff that goes on there. OK. And in the in the people who are involved in it, you know, have connections to the government and so on and so forth. Okay, why then is there no? And I hate to be this guy, but why then is there no really clear, definitive video of this stuff happening there? So much stuff happens; it seems like you would have caught something they, on camera. They, they do have videos of faint, blotchy. But why are they lights. faint and blotchy? What's that? Why are they faint and blotchy? Why don't they have that place just because wired that's like the, that's crazy? The nature of paranormal phenomena. And the other they, thing is okay. that Bigelow has kept the stuff quiet. I was when when Bigelow was was a thought Who's was a Bigelow? private who, who is he? got into this. I thought Robert Bigelow, who originally bought the ranch okay. from the Shermans. Yep. I thought yes, we're going to have disclosure on this thing. The government isn't going to shut it up. Bigelow has not revealed why this this new guy that's doing the TV show is uh, but, but seems yeah. to be more forthcoming. Don't you think, though, Paul? Oh yeah, sure. And also too, they have video footage of uh, UFOs. That That's true. Appeared, yes, yes. They appeared over Skinwalker Ranch, and, and even, they've been showing that on the they, History the, Channel. The cow died. It, you yeah, know, yeah. It collapsed, yeah. and then they saw that strange object above it. So, but the thing is, Paul, you know, if you isolate certain aspects of this, you could say it's ET, it's interdimensional. But when you look at the whole spectrum, I mean, they hear these disembodied voices. They experience poltergeist phenomena where where, you know, mundane objects are displaced in the house. And remember, he lost his post hole digger. He turns around. It's not behind him anymore. He finds it two yeah. weeks later up in the tree, like the like something like the trickster or something like that. I mean, right, right. It, and, and you're right. It's not just that ranch. It's this whole area. But can I just once again, let me the, just. Uh, oh, it's Ella. We're talking about. And to be honest with you, I couldn't find the ranch. So we, we said, okay, this is it. We're done. I, I didn't want to drive anymore in the storm. I said, we're setting up camp here. And so okay. and that's what we let did. Let me just, please, be, let me just be the devil's advocate in the few minutes we have left. So you have this place. It's been around for a long time. A lot of strange things are said to happen there. And, and everything from, you know, portals to UFOs and so on. If, if this was all true, and I'm a skeptic uh, on some things, why wouldn't they have, like, the best scientists, the best video cameras, the best detection things, the best night they, vision. They did. And wire it. Did. Oh, they do. They do now. They do now. Well, then well, why don't well, they release well, yes. this? And they probably did with Bigelow. But yeah. why don't they release it? Why doesn't he release it? Why Why is he being so uh, closed-lipped about stuff like this? I think Bigelow was actually working with the government. Yeah, I so, think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people say that his organization, and I forget what it stood for, but they they say that his organization actually originated as the OSIR, Office of Scientific Investigation and Research. Okay. So, uh, with Chris uh, Shakon, he was the original leader of OSIR, and they said that Bigelow was working with the OSIR. I don't know. 
Okay, so like I say, you know, we hear all these things, but but you know, it would seem like if there's so much stuff happening there, and if he was in, in connected to the government, the government would then you know be like Area 51. They'd buy it all. No one could get near it. You know, if something was really happening there, and the fact that this guy doesn't release any Man, of this information, you, what's his point? You've got to read the book by Knapp and Kelleher. Yeah, but but yeah, my my cousin. But but what's the reason for him not? What's his reason for not? You know, putting out the information. I, I mean, I we, we can say he's connected with the government. We can say all of us are connected to the government. You know, I, I don't know. I just see, I see it as a way of make. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, selling books and so on and so forth. But you know, but but, but Bigelow wouldn't wouldn't have created. A, I mean, Bigelow's a billionaire. He's going to sell some little little pity Andy book that isn't going to make that much money. It isn't you know? There, there's right. no reason for it. Go ahead, Ella. And there's what about Stardust Ranch too? Yes. Yeah, where's that located, Ella? Do you remember? Is it Arizona? Um, I. I and, think so. I can't remember. And there's another one in Colorado that Timothy Good talks about an alien uh, contact, but very similar disembodied voices, uh, strange lights, and and, and then the the, uh, the the Bradshaw Ranch, uh, which did was confiscated by the government uh, near Sedona, the, the Bradshaw Ranch. Oh, uh, the Bradshaw. Tom Dongo and Linda yeah. Bradshaw wrote a book called Merging Dimensions, mm -hmm. and that was uh, uh, that was uh, bought up by the government. Okay. They had it's very similar Bigfoot reports. Uh, strange lights, uh, etc. Right. right. Yeah. So let me once again. I'm going to be the guy at the party. So why doesn't <laughs> why doesn't some scientific, some really scientific, you know, organization go in and just you know do a scientific study of this place and figure out what's going on? I mean, if all they're doing it now, they're doing it now with secrets of um, Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel. They have scientists and everything else over there, and they're doing a complete investigation, and everything's open to the public. Wow. Well, I don't know. Yeah. i got to be convinced. One other quick thing, Paul. Remember the, the episode where they had the, uh, uh, the Jewish rabbi come in, the guy that's seen on the— Oh, uh, yes, yes, and, yes, and yes. And he, he did the ritual, and it seems that ritual and intention triggers the phenomena somehow. R remember right. the story— it riled in, it up. Yes. Remember the story in the, uh, uh -huh. in the book— where uh, this is before the, the the ranch became real not well known, but it was in the papers a little bit. That guy came to the Sherman, his father and son, and said he wanted to meditate on the ranch. And then this thing showed up, kind of the predator effect. You know, we talk about that. That kind of connects to missing four one one too, where people see this kind oh, of yeah. shimmer in the woods. You know, and exactly. but it was it was this guy was meditating. He's putting this intention out. The rabbi gets this ritual, and even uh, we've talked before about this crazy. Uh, uh, exorcism attempt of the Loch Ness monster and the weird sort of psychic wow. backlash that happened afterwards. So it's it's really oy, a, oy phenomenal. We, we took a left turn there somewhere. I did. Yeah, I did see the uh, the other day. I saw some kind of news thing that said that the um, sightings of the Loch Ness monster have like shot through the roof in the past like three or four yes. months. Have you read? That? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I saw Nick, that too. You know, I was, I was checking. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Raven. Uh, it's got to be because of Outlander. Because that, that focuses heavily on um, Scotland and like. Oh, okay. Yeah. But 14, I was with Jim Mars, you know, the guy, the conspiracy guy. Yeah. He wrote a book called Size Spies, where he gets into a lot of the remote viewing stuff. Well, you remember how we had uh, Bill Ray on and how yes. they would have these every once in a while. I mean, they're looking for commies, right? <laughs> and bad guys. Yeah, but yeah, every yeah. once in a while, they throw in a, a red herring or, or, or whatever you want to call it, straw man, uh -huh. uh, like a UFO target or whatever. Well, one of their targets, their blind targets, was the Loch Ness Monster. And they were kind of getting something like a plesiosaur. It was solid. It was leaving a wake. Mm -hmm. But when they tried to find out its origin or where it came from, 
it would disappear. Wow. Well, conveniently. But listen, let me let me just tell you this absolutely true story. I was writing a book back in um, probably uh, the early '90s, and um, and and it had to do just tangentially, if I can use that word, with Loch Ness and so on and so forth. And and an idea came to me, and I and the, this was the idea. It said, you know how smart dolphins are, right? And there are freshwater dolphins. You know, get a couple of dolphins, put cameras on them, put them in the lake. And they're going to go find something strange for you. Now, as it turns out, a guy from the University of New Hampshire had already done it, unbeknownst to me, okay? Great minds think alike, right? Oh. And they didn't find anything. There was nothing there, you know? So, you know, I, like I say, I'm a skeptic in a lot of this stuff. I mean, obviously, something is – people are seeing something just like people see UFOs. People see ghosts and everything. But a lot of this stuff just kind of disappears conveniently. You know, when it's time to, you know, the the, the pedal but to the metal. That's the know? nature of the beast. I mean, it's that trickster element, right? Um, yeah. Remember the the we, we talked about the, uh, the the Nessie type sightings in other lakes yep. where credible people see them. They even come ashore sometime, and there's report after report, and it turns out the lake is the size of a football field and only 20 feet deep. So yeah, how yeah. the hell is it for seeing a creature like Nessie? How could it survive a colony of them? In a lake that small, yet people right. see them over and over. Again. Well, that does go back to the you know yeah. this is really all over the map, but it goes back to the ghost rockets of 1946, where yeah. hundreds of people saw these rockets going over Sweden. You know, uh, they they looked just like cruise missiles from the future or something, and a lot of people saw them, you know, actually crash or go into lakes, <clears throat> and they would go into the you know they would send divers down, and there'd be nothing there, you know. So, you know, who knows? You know, it's really kind of nutty. I think it's like a space-time disruption happening at the uh, uh, in Scotland, where the Loch Ness monster is able to go from its reality into our reality. Um, I think it's an interdimensional creature, just like I think Bigfoot is also interdimensional. That's why we can't find any scat, we can't find any hair from Bigfoot no because it goes from our dimension to its dimension and back. Well, it's going to be something really kind of nutty like that. Hey, listen, let's go around the hunt. Yeah. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Now, we're a radio show, but we can see you on TV. Can you give us some disco moves real quick? Or <laughs> no, we, no, no, no. We can, we'll no, just but, imagine them. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is paranormal. Hey, you, also, too, you guys were mentioning George Knapp. I, I really like George Knapp. Uh, when I did my investigation in Area 51, he tweeted out, that HPI was headed for Area 51. So he he kept in touch with us and to see what we can find, well, which really we didn't cool. really find much, but it was kind of cool. Uh-huh. Really. So, Paul, what are you doing uh, lately? Where can people find you and so on? Okay. Well, um, if people need an investigation or some type of cleansing, they can call me at 916-203-7503. Okay. I'll say it one more time, 916-203-7503. And my website is, uh, I have to always look at, www.cryptic.com. Or just Google my name, Paul Dale Roberts. Yes, right. And you'll find it somehow. Okay, thank you. So, is there any disco um, in your future, or have you given it up? You've given up the crown? Uh, to- totally given it up. Okay. The, the disco totally died. And, well, rumor is it's coming yeah. back. It's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes well, back. 
What if it I'm not back? going back with it. You sure? I get all my outfits. I'm keeping them. Never say never. <laughs> you and me, Club. We'll go discoing. Oh, I'd you love that. <laughs> but you know, it was so funny because I saw disco and I looked up disco on the Wikipedia. And then if you scroll down and look for dancing, you see that they mentioned my record on there. Yeah. Which it was yes. kind of cool. I made cool. disco history. You know, wow. So Donna Summer and. Is this, Paul Dale Rowers, I guess. Is that how you get your uh, model wife? Was your model wife attracted to you because you danced disco for eight days? Did it have anything? No, no? absolutely not. Okay. No. Well, she, she has good taste then. That's good. Hey, listen, Paul, thanks <laughs> Thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you real soon. Okay, let's clap them off, please. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Paul. Always very nice interesting. Nice to see you again. Nice. Thank you, Paul. Oh, yes. Nice to see everybody. So it was great. <laughs> Thank you. Sacramento's disco king and UFO researcher. You're listening to Mac Mullen's Military Excel Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mule our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Mac Maloney, well, what a show we have for you tonight. Um, but um, we got about 20 minutes left, and uh, let me introduce the survivors. Um, JJ had to leave, but uh, Switchblade Steve is here. Switchy? It is great to still be here. Philly cheesesteak omelet into the day. With no mushrooms. Did you eat no mushrooms? You didn't want to be tripping, folks. Hey, Liz, did you eat the whole thing, and did you bring some home? Uh, almost. No, I didn't bring any home, but I, I didn't quite eat the whole thing. I left some uh, hash browns behind wow. and uh, some toast. Okay. But, uh, you know, now I'm very was, hungry. I was hungry, man, so I wasn't, you know. Now I'm hungry. Um, they were messing around. It was, it was good, man. It was damn good. Now i got to go to Denny's. Also with us is our security chief, Willie Club. Willie, looking Mac, very distinguished. Great to be here. Yes. I'm, I'm energized. It's funny. I'm just, you know, I could go all night, I think. For, uh, oh, all right. All right. Too much information. There you go. This is the. We should get a, a, a an ad for Viagra if that's a, you know. But after don't need it. After four hours, you got to go to the hospital. Remember that. Uh, Al Ronaldo, uh, UFO mechanic, is here hanging in with us. Howdy, Mac. And I got to say, I'm having breakfast envy at the moment. Breakfast envy. Because okay. I had nothing that sounds as good as what you had, no, Steve. No, really. Uh, also with us is uh, our favorite psychic. Ella, Ella the Psychic, our favorite redhead west of the Mississippi. Ella, thanks for joining us tonight. Okay, it was 108 degrees today in Vegas. Is that what you said? Is it what? It was 108 degrees in Vegas? Yes. Wow. Yes, it's very, very warm today. Man, it's well, starting to cool down a little bit. It should be cooler tomorrow. Like 99 would be cool. Man, that's a lot. 108 is a little warm, I would say, right? Okay, so. <laughs> right? <laughs> also, uh, our uh, favorite good witch, Raven, is with us. Raven, no bun tonight. Hello. No bun. No bun. No bun. Five mimosas in. That's how many mimosas it takes Five. to kill a bottle of uh, champagne. Five. Five. For the I, record. I don't have to drink any beer. She's enough for both of us. Look. So mm -hmm. as it turns out, uh, we talked about earlier in the show, I was a guest on Coast to Coast AM with George Nori last week. A lot of people listened, got a lot of email and so on. But the interesting thing about that show and what makes it a delight to be on it is that they ask you for to send them some simple questions, and um, and they ask you the questions during the show. So it's you're very relaxed. You know, there's really not a whole lot of uh, stress going on. This particular case, um, 
the producer came on 30 seconds before we went on the show and said, um, hey, listen, uh, we're not going to go with your questions, so just kind of roll with it. Follow George's lead. And that's what I did for two hours. Okay, now, one of the, the second hour, we actually took questions from the audience, calls from the audience, and that was something else. One, one guy called in, and he asked me if I had seen any anomalies like a lemonade stand in the desert during Lawrence of Arabia, the movie. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're talking about, right? (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so I thought it'd be interesting just so it didn't go to waste that we would, uh, you know, ask the questions now that they were supposed to ask me on uh, Coast to Coast and see if I can make up some good answers. So anyway, Raven has the uh, list. So why don't we just go? Okay. These are questions that they, I thought they were going to ask me on Coast to Coast, but they didn't. Please, Raven. In light of the government's June 25th report, what's different about the Pentagon's stance on UFOs? Well, George, now what I think was different, and we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, is that they, for the first time they came out and they actually admitted we don't know what UFOs are. And, and people have been waiting for that answer, whether they do or they don't, for decades. And they never said one way or the other. So they did come out and say, we don't know what they are. And, and I thought that that was uh, very interesting. Next question, please. Ready? Next question. Did anything surprise you in the June 25th report? We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. And um, what surprised me is that they brought in the air safety factor, which, um, you know, we, we couldn't think of any instances where UFOs have actually had collisions with airplanes, military airplanes, civilian airplanes, whatever. So it's very interesting that they would say, uh, you know, we have to look at these things, not just as something from national security, but also from an air safety perspective. And now, this report was only nine pages long and like two and a half pages was made, you know, taken up by an index. So it wasn't very, um, you know, conclusive or extensive. Maybe that just ate up a page or something, you know. But um, that I found that interesting that they would bring in the air safety aspect to it. Next question, please. Ready? All right. Is there a difference between the objects caught on the Navy videos and objects people have seen in the past? Yes. And, I, and Switch will, uh, you know confirm this back in the 50s people we saw, saw a lot of flying saucers literally flying saucers they also saw cigar shaped objects among many other you know uh, different shapes and sizes of ufos but what people are seeing now or what they saw in the, certainly the tic tac video is nothing like what people have seen before it wasn't saucer shaped those weren't saucer shaped they weren't cigar shaped they looked like i don't know what they looked like they looked like pods or something you know going through the air you know um flying in a way that were, was, you know, is aerodynamically impossible. Um, so it, it, it's funny that these videos come out and they're not saucer-shaped and they're not cigar-shaped. I think that was pretty interesting. Next question, please, Raven. Next question. Any chance that things caught on Navy videos are from Russia or China or even the CIA? I'm going to say no because, um, you know, the, the Russians, forget about the Russians. The Russians are just troublemakers and they are really not high technology as far as, um, you know, armaments and stuff are concerned. Anyone who knows uh, even a little about like Russian jets and Russian fighters and bombers, how they're put together, uh, it, it's not high technology. Um, you know, China, possibly, but the thing is, is that, you know, one of those videos came out in 2004. That's a long time ago. And we would know by now if the Chinese had some kind of technology like that. Uh, because we'd probably all be talking Chinese at this point. But I, I think they're just as uh, in the dock as we are about it. And uh, either the CIA, I, my own, my stock answer to that is, would the CIA really use the U.S. Navy as guinea pigs, you know, to go out and you know, see if you can see us, see if you can take videos of us? 
you know, in, in the higher echelons of the Navy wouldn't know about it. So I don't think the CIA, um, you know, drones or any kind of objects at all. I think, you know, for once the U.S. military was, you know, telling the truth. They don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Next question, please. Next question. Um, okay. Could UFO occupants be hostile? Well, what did the uh, Native Americans think when they saw Columbus coming, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the chances are good that there's, on one hand, yes, they could be because that seems to be how these things go. On the other hand, mm-hmm. if they were hostile, there's no, you know, when UFOs in wartime uh, on sale everywhere, there's, we, we do 250 different stories about UFOs encountering military, um, you know, airplanes and so on. And there's there's maybe two in there that, actually report like some kind of an exchange of fire between them um some kind of hostile action they don't generally speaking they don't the majority of ufo sightings you know vis-a-vis the military they don't have any hostile intent uh planes have crashed chasing ufos but they you know they're not shot down they just observe they're just there kind of watching us that's the one thing that i always take away from there is that weird incident that bill ray the uh ex-military remote viewer told us about right with the argentinian uh, minesweeper right yeah but that you're right that's uh uh they're few and far between where there seems to be like something hostile or negative right bill ray well i think i think we may be lunch you never know well you know we'd be lunch by now i think you know well we don't know people disappearing that's that's true Uh, Well, they must be hungry. So uh, next question, please, right? Do you think the U.S. military knows what UFOs are? No, no. People ask me this all the time. I think this kind of proves it. I know that they have lots of evidence that they exist, but I don't think that they know where they are, where they're from, you know, who built them. You know, I don't think they know anything like that. And they really just kind of came forward and admitted that, which I think is a big, big, you know, deal as far as these things are concerned. Next question, please. Mm -hmm. Should the U.S. military be the ones investigating UFOs? No, no. It should be a scientific uh, investigation, not a military investigation where they can just keep things secret. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it should be a, a, a real scientific study of UFOs, meaning, you know, you take down lots of evidence, you take down lots of data. It's peer-reviewed. Yeah, you know, it's published in some science magazine. None of that ever happens with UFOs. Um, so it, yeah. it should be, I think what we were talking about earlier, these you know, really rich guys, Bezos and all these guys, I think the answer is going to come from, from one of them, you know, and not from our military. Next question, please, George. I mean, Raven. Next question. Hmm. Um, is the U.S. government preparing us for some kind of huge announcement down the road? I don't know. I'm 50-50 on that. Paul Dale Roberts mentioned that earlier. I mean... I know the way sometimes the military does things is that they kind of let things trickle out a little bit at a time, you know, baby steps to get us, but get us ready for what? I can't even put my brain there. Yeah, I mean, and there's other governments too around the world that really take a good look at UFOs, Belgium, Brazil, France, even England, Russia. Russia has a thing where any person in the military of Russia, there's 4 million people in the Russian military, anytime they see a UFO, they have to fill out a report and send it to the KGB or whatever the National Security Service is now. Um, so it wouldn't be just us keeping the secret, you know? It would be people around the world, other governments around the world, keeping the secret of what's going to happen. So um, I don't know about that. I, I, you know, I don't know whether they're setting us up for something or what, but it's taken a long time for the other shoe to drop. Next question, please, right? Next question. What happens now? Do you think the government will release more information anytime soon? 
Well, you know, they're supposed to release another report at the end of September 2021 is when you're listening to us. And, you know, it's supposedly it's going to be more in-depth and so on, but I get a feeling that it's just going to be more of this kind of, you know, 10-page report. You know, we're still studying it. We don't know, so on and so forth. I, I don't see any big disclosure or anything coming uh, anytime soon. And just going back to uh, the other question, do you think that the U.S. military or the U.S. government knows what UFOs are? Not to get into politics, but let's face it. If you know the president in the United States is supposed to know everything, uh, can be told anything. All he has to do is ask. The former occupant of uh, you know the White House, if he asked the question and he got back an answer that they do exist, he would have tweeted about it. You know, ten seconds later. <laughs> you know, because he would have been. He would love to have been the guy, the president, who revealed that what UFOs are. He didn't. So that makes me think. You know, once again, that they don't know what what's going on yes please raven next question right and the final question what is one one really like see that was the big question i mean coast to coast that's what they really wanted to know what's one one really like and uh they wouldn't let me say (laughs) thank god they didn't ask that question on coast to coast but listen (laughs) i had a lot of fun on that show and and you know they have a huge audience and some of the calls were from truck drivers it was just you know it, it was just like a really cool experience being on it you know and they're nice people and, you know, you learn a lot, and it's cool to interact with people and so on. And here's the strangest thing of all, is that one of the calls came from uh, Reno, Nevada, and it was like a long-lost cousin of mine. Okay, it was a guy who, you know, what? all of a sudden, he starts talking about, you know, visiting my house in Dorchester when I was in the seventh grade, and I'm thinking, who is this guy? And then it turns out to be, like, actually a step-cousin of mine who lives in Reno, and is a uh, he's retired now, but he was a dealer there. Hadn't seen him in 40 years. Wow. He heard me on the show, oh, wow. and wow. he called in. Even George Norrie said, wow, what are the chances of this? Yeah, yep. So That's great. Yeah, yeah. it was really kind of cool. So, um, you know, they're competing, and I'm sh- competing uh, broadcast, and I'm sure they might look at us as, you know, this little minor competing thing. But, you know, I can't say uh, enough good things about George Norrie and, and, and Coast to Coast AM. You know, it's always, it's always interesting and uh, always a lot of fun to listen to them and to be on the show. So thank you. So anyway, there we go. We got that out of the way, right? And let's clap. Let's clap for me. This will, this will, will sweeten up. Okay, so um, that's the show for the night. It's been really a crazy show, but uh, entertaining and interesting. So why don't we say goodbye to everyone? JJ has already left. Um, we uh, also Paul Dale Roberts was on. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. Interesting guy, Disco King slash UFO researcher. Uh, Gary Olson, uh, famous Hollywood author, was also on. Thanks, Gary, telling us uh, about the first three science fiction movies made way, way, way back when. One of them was called Trip to the Moon. The other two were called Trip to Mars. You can see them on YouTube. Um, Also, thank you, uh, Club, for uh, reading off our X-rated fan mail. Thank you. Oh, thank you. A lot of information to digest now. Yeah, that's for sure. Great show. Uh, Ella, thank you for joining us once again, brightening up the show. Thank you. I, I enjoyed being here, and it was a great show. Lots of good information. Yeah. Boy, it's it's, it's tough when there's two attractive women on the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that, but, you know, I have to keep my uh, thoughts uh, to myself. Anyway, thank you. Um, Switchy, did I thank you yet? Uh, you can thank me as many times as you want. Okay. Thank you, Switchy. Uh, and also, Raven, thank you. And the five thank mimosas. You. And the five mimosas. Okay. My five mimosas. I had a good time. And my five mimosas had a good time. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. And Club, thank you very much. Thanks for everyone listening in. And um, I should do the plugs again, I guess. Um, homes for our troops, homes for our troops. 
uh, is a uh, military charity uh, that builds homes for our wounded uh, Iraqi and Afghan war um, victims. People, uh, servicemen who have lost limbs and so on, they build these houses that are a little more adaptable to their situation, and then they give them the keys, no mortgage, nothing. They get the house for free. They deserve it. Homes for our troops. Please Google them. Throw them a few bucks. And also, it seems like I just said this, but also our good friend Ross Sharp, who and his mad Englishman friends have been uh, rebuilding a World War II war plane called the, um, what is it? The Mosquito. Yes, Mosquito Project. That. Right. Um, and it's going to, I think it's going to take flight sometime next year, which would be really cool. People's Mosquito Project. Be- uh, Google them and find out what's going on with them. And I just want to thank everyone for listening, everyone for downloading our podcast and for listening out there on our, our internet, our radio stations, and also Armed Forces Radio. Thanks for uh, joining us. And so this is Mac for the uh, entire gang saying, until you hear us again, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>